One, two, this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that triple H. <laughs> yeah, you let the music keep playing, Mr. Thunder. Yo, tell me who's time it is now. Welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Gravel. I'm Beto. I'm JP. And we're here, JP, on a, on another Tuesday Spotlight. It's I wasn't going to say it's WrestleMania week. It's Leedsomania week. It's Brit Rez podcasting isn't dead week. It's uh, we're here, mate. It's finally upon us. We're uh, all going to be uh, turning up in Leeds for uh, for a right old piss up on Sunday. I'm uh, I'm excited, mate. Oh yes, very excited. Getting very real as well, and and the responsibility that they're that comes along with it as well so yeah no i absolutely fucking pumped for it it's going to be a great day if you if get tickets at grapplap.com forward slash support um come along it's going to be uh it's going to be pretty wild it's your day is uh, i thought my day was going to be busy but your day jesus christ mate that's going to be be a busy one <laughs> your weekends yeah. are going mental there's something else we'll go into in about, about that oh definitely no we uh yeah we're gonna be uh, busy all week there's uh gonna be a load of mm. wrestlemania content coming out this week this is the uh the first of many live shows for our patrons there'll be a a free show uh tomorrow for everyone which i'll uh, i'll mention uh in a minute so yeah i just thought you know on the, on the week jp where we're doing 700 podcasts and we're both uh, do we're basically we're both busier than than mm. Joey Janela this weekend. Um, and Daniel Garcia and the lads who are who are all over these. Uh, Mike these Bailey, uh, Mike Bailey. He's the, you know what? He's the marathon man this year. He's oh. all over the place, Eddie. Um, but yeah, we're, we're even better. JP, a podcast a day, maybe more than one Sunday. We're doing. You know, I'll, I'll be recording. Might be recording a little Patreon show. Might be doing a couple of live shows, and also yeah, might be uh, hosting a bit of a, a quiz on Sunday nights. It's fine. We'll sleep next week, mate. It'll be okay. We'll survive. Who needs sleep, eh? <laughs> who, who needs sleep? It's going to be mad. I don't know how my voice is going to get through it. By by Sunday late on, it's going to be an absolute... So I won't be talking for like the entirety of the next week. Yeah, come just, on. Well, that's, that's a good point. It'll push me to the limits, though, for that. But yeah, like you say, it, it's going to be a fuck ton of content coming out yeah. on, on like in the next week. And we do generally like have something up on there. Every, most days of the week so um oh, yeah yeah it's it's gonna be wild so yeah patreon.com forward slash grapple got into the plugs yeah. early <laughs> that was it saying yeah obviously we'll be doing the, uh, Straight the in there. preview we're doing the, the big wrestlemania weekend preview in fact uh tomorrow night uh wednesday night for uh or tonight uh for audio listeners we'll be uh doing that on the uh there'll be a, a patreon pre-show but then there'll be a, a public um full a weekend preview of all of the events taking place over a WrestleMania weekend. So hopefully, uh, people who don't usually join us can uh, can join us for that Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll have a daily uh, WrestleMania uh, week uh, reviews with a, a dynamite special little dynamite review we'll be doing on on Thursday uh, live for our patrons. Friday we'll have Bloodsport, Joe Janela, Spring Break, whatever else we watch on Thursday. Ring of Honor. The Saturdays, yeah. Ring, well, the Friday night is the Ring of Honor show, so Saturday oh, yeah. will be. Uh, We'll be covering that and the eight thousand other shows that are taking place on Friday, JP. It's uh, yeah, you know, 
we'll uh, we'll find some time to, for sleep um, in the middle of all of it. But yeah, the big thing, obviously, yeah, hopefully people are uh, coming along to uh, to join us on uh, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we'll uh, be doing our, our live uh, podcast uh, with Davy Portman of uh, of Up Next, and uh, obviously uh, the British Wrestling Experience as well, led by. Uh, well, Martin Bushby, Andy Ogden will be uh, joining us uh, as well for the day. So, yeah, if you haven't got your tickets already, come down to uh, to Leeds to the Northern Monk uh, Refectory and check that out. And then, yeah, after that, we'll be uh, all headed over to the uh, the walkabout in Leeds to uh, to watch WrestleMania live and also to uh, to take part in the uh, the Hooked on a events show that night where uh yes i will be making my uh my third on stage appearance of the day jp uh <laughs> hosting the uh the hooked on quiz and uh doing some fun and games there as well with a with an audience that very much is not a grapple audience an audience of actual wwe fans who i'm sure are gonna absolutely love me so yeah uh you might get some special appearances from uh from some graph basically i'll be grabbing you on stage jp um and the uh <laughs> and, and the others if anyone thinks they're getting away yeah. with it uh I, j- I just mainly think and i said it in the pre-show if you're coming on Sunday and you're one of our patrons or you're one of our listeners and you don't win that quiz, I'll be judging you. Top mm. I want that. Mm. top ten finishes up out of West um out of uh, out of our lot. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Uh, like there's no excuses. Like really for you like this is good. you're gonna have to be kind of on it for this. I think I'm gonna have to be on it on here. Like if it's like I've said before, if you go nineties, eighties, nineties, early two thousands, I feel like I know where I am. If they start going, what happened at Unforgiven 2017? I'm just looking you <laughs> blankly in the eyes and going, Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose. You know, you're just like, <laughs> what do I about? do? He'd tell you. He'd reel it off it. <laughs> he would. He'd have all of that. I expect Matty to win that. That's set up for him. It was like because oh, we mentioned that on the uh, WrestleMania X Seven review we did on Patreon this week. Like our mate Crew went through and uh, and watched every WrestleMania main event, and he counted that as the last match from all of the thirty-seven WrestleManias um, so far. And Matty's like, "Ah, oh, Ben, I won't like any of the old stuff." And I'm like, "I was like, you joking? Like, I, I could I could tell you what happens at WrestleMania Six. I can tell you what happens at WrestleMania Eight. WrestleMania's thirty-one through thirty-seven. I don't know. Did Roman Reigns face Brock Lesnar? Probably. Like that's <laughs> that's my best guess for any of those those shows. I can tell you what happened at all. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? It's the uh, the uh, as Matty would call it, WrestleMania nineteen is the IWC's pick, isn't it? It's the it's the IWC WrestleMania <laughs> for the, <laughs> that. <laughs> Which, but yeah, I I kind of lose it beyond the the Daniel Bryan one. All of them kind of blend into one another. They all feel very, very familiar. But um, yeah, that show was great to record with you and Matty mm-hmm. on on the Patreon. The the WrestleMania 17 recap. Yeah. Fuck it, it holds up, mate. Absolutely mm-hmm. holds up. When stars were stars, mate, that was my entire weekend. I had a rogue Matty Edwards in my uh, in my flat pretty much for the oh, entire. Yeah. We can't while we recorded that as uh, as a video uh, subscriber on Patreon so I can uh, can assess to. I can say to just to confirm from last week he didn't take a uh, didn't take a bath in my house, he did just take a shower, but there was a nervous three hours where I went out with my mum for uh, for Mother's Day for something sweet where I left Matty behind and I don't know what kind of uh, mischief he got up to in here. I think we're gonna be uh, finding out as the uh, as the days go on. Yeah, that's pretty pretty wild. That I mean, the fact he, he got the the Chromecast appears to have completely blown his mind. Blew his mind. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty two. He connected the Spotify to Chromecast to the Chromecast, and he's very proud of himself. Well, I set him up on TW on his laptop as well, JP. So you know, yeah, he's a 
look up for the uh, for the future. Moved on. What? I put him. This is a big step as well. Put him in my YouTube family plan, which you know, as you know, JV. I know. It's got the email. You're in the uh, you're in the family. <laughs> you know, you, I have. It's glorious, out. mate. No adverts. As long as long as that stays. Fucking beautiful thing. Um, I've still got one st- one spot if uh, you know if Gareth wants to make make a case for himself or you know anyone else. Just saying. <laughs> um, yeah, Adam that he was happy, but yeah, we had a good weekend despite the fact that he outed me on Twitter and caused me all kinds of grief this weekend well. for, uh, for 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 allegedly the crime JP of having uh, keeping crisps in the in the fridge. I don't see the, think there's an issue with that. You know, I I, I got back like from 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 the shop. I just threw a load of uh, you know I had a packet of crisps. I had a Twix. Had a can of coke, just put them all in the fridge like a, a normal human being would, and moved on with my day. Apparently, this was sacrilege, I'm told. However, we made Matty try one of the refrigerated crisps on live on the podcast, and he did enjoy it. So, you know, he did. Am I on to something? I, I, look, it was it was flaming hot Cheetos for one. <laughs> so you've got like, in essence, if they haven't, if they've gone that bit cooler. You've still got that flavour there as well, rather than it's like kind of tasting possibly da- a bit sort of soggy. I I can't be on board with this, like in it for just on principle alone. This crisps in the fridge business. I'm intrigued by it, but does it only work for that kind of Cheetos? What's it texture style crisps? Would it work for Doritos? Well, Pringles? I had I got a message. From one of our listeners, Shotweiler uh, Photography. I think he's based in um, in Australia. In Australia, Perth. Perth. Yeah, 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 Perth. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, he's saying he's got shapes crisps, which I think are unique to them, not us. He tries them in the fridge. He thinks they're great. I'll be honest. I, it's not a. It's not a regular thing I do, JP. It's just. It was just. It was a space thing. It was just. I was throwing other things in the crisps, but I've got in the fridge. I've got to say though, the results went bad. It worked. You know, so I, I'm not. I'm not Pretending the flaming hot uh, Doritos were any cooler as a result, but you know, these are—I can see what they are. They're like mm-hmm. they kind of look more, uh, yeah. They're like pizza flavors and barbecue flavors. I can see here, but you look kind of more like um, not um, oh, fucking crackers. Is kind of what mm. they feel like. They feel like more like flavored crackers. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I'm just I thinking, see them going well on a fridge. It's wrong. But how do you just throw them in there? Like, I mean, there's space. Mine, you know, I, I I would notice if I put the crisps in there. Or I'd certainly notice when I went back in. How long had they been in there? Well, yeah, a few hours, a few hours, I would say. But they were there with, like, I mean, how do you feel about putting chocolate in the fridge, JP? I had the Twix in the fridge. I'm fine Is with that. that. Okay? Man, I, had, I had, as Matty will say, jellies in the fridge. I had, uh, you know, some a couple of uh, sweets for our WrestleMania X7 watching that night um, in the fridge. Are they okay? Jellies are all right. I'm being very judgmental so here, aren't I, Benno? It just see the issue. It's, oh, I'm willing to try them. I'm willing to be open-minded to it. It's just that inherently it feels wrong. Hmm. It feels very much like a euphemism for what you could say about a lot of what how people's opinions were in the 1980s. You weren't in many ways that little that little statement. Gareth asks in the chat here, did Punk have crisps in the fridge with the WWE title? Yeah, maybe I was just copying Punk like I did with his uh, his big car <laughs> being Alan Pharrell very much uh, <laughs> copy Punk. Lads drinking water. <laughs> well, well Banana Grand, well, like I don't know if like this was the same in your family, but like they kept literally nothing in the fridge. So like you'd have like if I went around to my nan and granddad's and like they made you like some lemonade or something like that, it was like lukewarm, like room temperature yeah. kind of stuff. I think that's an older British thing, isn't it? Because we're the same with like 
alcohol, aren't we? With like with with ales and stuff, or at least we used to like warm beer is a is a thing other countries will still use to uh not yeah. run over the head, which it's not really been a thing, you know, for for, for quite a three years. But you know, we're just we're just moving forward with technology, AP. We can afford to put more things in the fridge. Maybe that's what it is. We we can well, fridges of the internet, as you said, <laughs> uh, before on there. You can watch telly on the fridge. It's I don't think it's massively surprising in many ways that uh, <laughs> that this is the case. But I feel you, you're a trendsetter. But it's it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a, it's going to take a lot to get me on board. Fair, but Matt, fair. but yeah, Matty having a proper discover like search around your flat, mate, wasn't he? The, mo- the moment <laughs> yeah. you were out, it's the first thing he was up to. As uh, as yeah, as uh, Mikey said in the chat, I'm sure he's not still in the house. I should yeah, check under my bed for a Roman's uh, sleeping bag or uh, some slats, <laughs> some snack wrappers. Yeah, he might be uh, he might be still around here somewhere. But no, it was uh, it was a laugh cover on WrestleMania 17, and yeah, as Matty joked, it is the uh, it's the accepted best ever WrestleMania. But like, it is a hard thing to watch that. And then be like, oh, there's WrestleMania this weekend, and be in any way excited for that. Like, you know, it's like it's uh it, it's one of those things where it's accepted mm. as the greatest WrestleMania. You know why? Because it is the greatest WrestleMania. Yeah. And yeah, rewatching it definitely uh brought all that back for me. I don't know about you, JP. Oh, absolutely did. Um, from the moment you hear Limp Biscuit and My Way, which mm. is the greatest WrestleMania theme, like you just get transported to a time when WWF, as it was, they hadn't um, got the F out yet. The Panda hadn't won. Um, I'm not talking about TNA either. But uh, uh, they were able, they were at their zenith. You know, just bought WCW the week before. They had, like, the two biggest stars in the industry and, like, you know, trip. You know, just lots of really big moments. And everyone was so over, so over. That was a notable thing, wasn't it? Everyone, oh. like. From Tess to Perry Saturn to Dean Malenko to everyone up and down the card, China, what a megastar she was on the show. Like everyone. And then Austin and Rock, like, yeah, there's a reason 20 years later or 21 years later, Steve Austin's still going to be beating the shit out of uh, Kevin Owens uh, on WrestleMania this year because they're, they're, they, these are levels of star we do not have now. Um, no, I would say like up and down as well. Like the what the, the quality of matches, like you know, Angle Benoit I went higher than four stars on the TLC mm-hmm. match was a four star match. Genuinely, you know, and Garrett's in the chat, he hates the same guilty pleasure, but Vincent Shane, <laughs> guilty pleasure. Yeah. You know, that was a that was a very uh very fun match that that shouldn't have been uh, you know very well laid out match. It's just the depth strength and depth. It's got up and down that card, never mind, you know, Austin Rock and possibly their best match with their worst mm. finish uh, at the end. Yeah. Um, also, there's a uh, two-and-a-half-star uh, William Regal match as the, uh, as the opener, but, you know, we don't need to uh, you know, dwell on that. But, yeah, this, uh, <laughs> it's a great show up and down. It is. It's, it's the template for sort of what WrestleMania became. Like, mm. it's them in their kind of absolute sort of extravagant best, really. And, yeah, you've got performers at the top, uh, you know, and we go kind of into into detail sort of about a lot of where they were. I mean, there was a lot of them in AEW in various forms uh, at this point. Oh, we missed, time. by the way, somebody pointed out, it was true, they pointed out, the opener, Jericho and Regal, both in AEW. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it up and down the card, it was a who's who of uh, who's still there, uh, who's still going. Still go. Even that TLC match, there's four active wrestlers, or five, you can't five. Doing it. Only Devon, yeah. Mm. Got Bubba Ray sort of against Atsushi Anita for God's sakes in, in, mm. at, the, at the weekend. Yeah, it's wild considering the bumps they take, and that's a match that really like 
holds up. I mean, it, it is, it, it's there for a reason. And, and, you know, I think as we were discussing that 19 is kind of seen as being the better wrestling show, but mm. this is at a point where it reminds me of when we, um, you know, it, it's like looking back at like the 92 rumble where there's stars and people are over and it feels like, you know, this is, this is like a really big event that you're watching. And at that, you know, possibly the best Triple H match at, at WrestleMania as well mm. against The Undertaker. That's my con. Marty didn't like that. The best Triple H Undertaker match 100% at WrestleMania. Those, oh. uh, those lying down fests that they did those two years do not count as, uh, as a story. <laughs> it was just two big men. Two men doing moves and lying down. I mean, do you want to call an indie match a spot fest? What do you call those things? Um, mm. But no, uh, we will have a, actually have some more to, uh, to say about uh old Triple H but yeah if you want to get more of our thoughts on WrestleMania X7 as JP said patreon.com mm-hmm. slash grapple and you can get all our Wrestlemania daily podcasts including lots of uh, live video being uh, being broadcast out for our live subscribers this week so yeah it's uh, yeah, it's no better time I would say uh, in the year to uh, to join yeah. us for, you, for us to beat you over the head with content and as another point as well uh, while we're doing the plugs obviously if uh, anyone is buying the Wrestlemania shows over there the weekend we've uh, got some referral links at, uh, at grappleapp.com slash support so if you don't fancy joining the Patreon you can support us that way as well um, and mm-hmm. uh, by the uh, the ROH uh, show uh, Bloodsport as well uh, among others through that and I believe Garrett's going to have some uh, competitions running on the Twitter um, throughout the week as well so yeah plenty of uh, of fun stuff happening uh, over on the grapple side but yeah as you say there JP we should uh, touch on him um, you know, Triple H mm. was on WrestleMania X7 and you know we should do an in memoriam here shouldn't we oh wait the fucker's not dead um <laughs> It's been a few days since this uh, this news broke on Triple H. We got to mention it. Like fucking, honest to God, like you, you would think the man had died with the way uh, Twitter was uh, reacting to, uh, to to Triple H uh, over the weekend. It is a it's a genuinely sad story, you know what happened, mm. and that you know, he was. You know, I, I probably shouldn't use that as a to piece him over the head because it does sound like he was in a in a particularly bad way, and you know he gets quite emotional in the interview and. Uh, mm-hmm. And such as well. Um, so yeah, you know, I suppose that's uh, that is something you never like to see. But you know, um, there's been a lot of uh, talk this week of you know now that his uh, career is over. I mean, didn't really think that was news to be honest. I think just assumed his career was over at this point. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't already anyway, you know, considering he was doing you know a Saudi match every now and then, or you might get lucky and or, or unlucky and get a, a WrestleMania match uh, every now and then. Um, but yeah, Triple H is done. R.I.P. Sweet Prince, JP. He's getting yeah. the old or his, uh, <laughs> his in-ring career, certainly. I mean, he, he explains it in the interview, which is well worth watching with, with Stephen A. Smith. Um, I was doing lots of painting this weekend, so I was kind of watching it, and it was, it, it, it was well, I was listening to it while painting, and then it was just like the bit, seeing him get kind of all choked up when he's explaining about it, because it is that point from a human perspective of he's not, a, yeah. you know, he's in his early 50s, He's got young children, like who, not of, no, who wants to see sort of grow up and and all the rest of it. So him retiring from the ring, obviously he'd have wanted some big kind of fanfare. However, he explains about a defibrillator that's just not likely to be able to happen. And you know, like I say, he's he's a, he's a young guy. In terms of where he is, like to what we're losing in the ring, it's it, is he going to be coming back now in some sort of executive role? That's what I do kind of wonder, you know, what's going to be happening. I imagine there'll be something involving him this weekend at WrestleMania. Like I, I would have thought there'll be something along those lines given given the interview. 
in terms of his retirement in the ring, when was the last time there was any kind of like great Triple H match? He was kind of done for. The year 2001, mate, we just covered it. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Feels that way. It feels that way. I was never a fan of him in the ring. I mean, he kind of developed his own genre of the sort of bloated epic that they would have. Like, mm. and a lot of the times it would just sort of kill the crowd. I think he's, he's, you know, part of some of the, just the most bang average main events when mm. he headlined. Long main, main events as well. Long main events. You know, it's, it's, I think back to that Jericho main event with horror and like what happened all the stuff about the feud and, and everything else from that. Mm. The thing is, is that we get the, I, I often think about what Jim Cornette said about him as a wrestler and about the level of star he is. Cause I think we're going to get a lot of things that tell you like, you know, there's Austin rock and him and they're part of like this kind of big three. And it's like, no, he was the other guy like mm. to them. He was just like another foil who was there, but he was never on their level. Um, not, you know, he's, obviously very very well known um but as a wrestler we're not missing out on anything there it's just that we're going to be told about the epics and the great matches that he has and stuff like that but i think it's few and far between andy mentions in the chat there the ronda rousey tag with um, Uh, her and angle versus Mm. that was that was a lot better than it should be for that Mm. but it's yeah you know the Danielson matches. There were few. Yeah, and- Chris mentions that in the chat from thirty. But like, it's like it's one of them in a Triple H because it's like I said this on on that podcast. I there was no bigger Triple H fan than me in the year two thousand or two thousand one, and I know that is the token, you know, opinion that most would have. He was great in the year two thousand, and the obvious counter is always, well, he did work. Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, The Rock, um, you know, he used to have the great wrestlers at the time, but he was genuinely great in 2000. I've got fond memories of, you know, that was my early smartdom. You know, I was 16, so to me, you know, liking the heels was this taboo thing I was starting to do. Like, you know, I I don't like The Rock or Steve Austin. I like Triple H. He's way better. You know, that was kind of where I was in in those years and into 2001, and then there's that. You know, the big comeback in 2000. You know, obviously, there's the Benoit Jericho stuff mm. the match where he, um, he pulls his quad and then he, you know, comes back for that big reintroduction at Raw. I think it's at MSG, which is a an all time great moment. And then yeah. again, Matty will string me up for this, but that is 20 years of utter shy for me. <laughs> like, yeah. it's 20. What it is is there is a, it's not. This is not a regal conversation. This is not a conversation where it's like he had no good matches. He did, and in those 20 years. There are matches dotted in that are good, you know, like the Brian match, like the Razi match people mentioned there. And, you know, there's a bunch of stuff, uh, you know, in the in the mid 2000s that is uh, at least above average, you know, but it's his hit rate, isn't it? It's all the stuff over yeah. those 20 years we've had to sit through. And, like, that's what I can't abide, you know, people, you know, putting them up there's. You know, we had a similar conversation on, on the X7 as an all-time great, or you know, people put them up there through osmosis, I think, with mm-hmm. the legends of WWE and you know, Stone Cold Boston and Rock. And he was never that. He was just he was the one who, who wasn't getting opportunities elsewhere. So just fucking stuck around like a bad smell and yeah. m- married his way into the into the family. We all forget that. It's like 
that was a big mm-hmm. thing. You know, early internet ages, who do we hate most? Jeff Jarrett or Triple H? That was kind of, you know, the, the, the two forums most hated people of choice. And, you know, he was always a, a politic at Triple H. He was always trying to, you know, Kevin Nash's uh, his way to the, uh, the top. And, you know, he, he played chess while everyone else played checkers because he married into the family. And then a few years later, we all kind of just forgot about it. We stopped using it as a thing to beat him over the head, but mm. it was just accepted. He's a McMahon. So, yeah, of course, he's going to be all over the shows. Of course, he's still going to be, you know, a protected actor. So, of course, he's, you know, still going to be part of the furniture. But, you know, that that is why. <laughs> that, that is absolutely the reason. The reason it gets he kind of gets beaten over it is how many people did he really make? And how many people should he have made in that mm. time? Given the length of time he was on top, given the amount of power he he had, how many people did he really make? And that's what it always came back to. Batista, like, mm. but in all of the kind of big feuds, he ultimately had to win. And if it was mm. like a one, if it was like a one and done match with someone like, say, an Edge, he was going to be mm. going over. And there was a mm. there was a real predictability to it. And it was, you know, it felt like so much of it kind of was projection. And you had to, I don't know, it it, it was just in terms of his match, like there was never that level of excitement and engagement in his matches that you would get with an Austin and you get with a rock and you get the kind of real sort of crowd embrace. Mm. Like a lot of the times it was dull, methodical stuff while you were being told how much of a genius he is. Like, which was just like, what? Cause he's got a sledgehammer, which is ultimately how I kind of feel with him. It's, it's just like, you do get beaten over the head of like, he's a great, he's a great, he's a great, he's a great, but He's never isn't. He had so many opportunities to be one. Like who had more opportunities through their career than Triple H to to hit it out the park? You know, more you know spots in rest. You know, big matches in WrestleMania and constant repushes and constant like you know we covered the Reign of Terror, didn't we? We did that podcast and covered you know the the scorched earth that was that year when you know from Booker T to Rob Van Dam to Scott Steiner to Goldberg, you know, all those baby faces trying to get over, and it was no lol Triple H wins at the end of it, like. It was almost like, because Andy's mentioned it in the chat, we forgot about all that, because he got a lot of good will when NXT came along, you know, before mm-hmm. AEW. He kind of became, uh, he's like our dad, he's like a dad figure, Triple H and all. He, baby he likes the indies. The he baby faced himself to the, after the career of burying the CM Punks of the world and the Bryans of the world and, and these, you know, vanilla midgets from the indies. You realize that would babyface himself with fans, and that was his tactic, wasn't it? That was his idea to get NXT off the ground and to create something that was its kind of own thing. He he leaned into the you know getting bouquets of flowers from you know uh, wrestling Reddit and you know becoming a babyface in those fans' eyes, and people kind of mm. just went along with it and kind of forgot all the bad that you could say about his career before that point. And those people only really ever kind of got over to a certain level, really, ultimately, haven't they? That's what we found with... with he was always Bennett. the star. They were he always... Was, the he was always kids. the star. He, a, he was the star in the photos. He had an arm over the shoulder, and he pointed at them, and he was twice the size on those photos. You're right, JP, yeah. He was always the star with this stuff. I, the thing is, if you the thing that will get thrown is he wins X amount of titles and all of these kind of reigns and stuff like that, but it comes back to a kind of body of work, ultimately, they are the the title reigns themselves are from a predetermined place, like mm. uh, effectively, and he was in control of it. And he, you know, he had so much power that it was inevitable that he would 
he'd have a certain amount of reins because he always wanted to, to have that kind of Ric Flair-esque kind of... Uh, and I, I don't know. I think that's the, the thing about him as a performer is ultimately a lot of his act is quite derivative. Mm. It's like other people's things rather than being kind of particularly unique, if it makes mm. any sense, which is what the big stars, it's what, you know, even what your undertaker have has is, is like kind of what I would look as a more sort of unique kind of move set. Whereas a lot of triple H is, is it's just nothing spectacular by comparison. It's just, mm. you'd be sold that the pedigree was the, the best move in the world. Liam mentioned the chat there, big, big budget franchise, franchise Shane Douglas. It's like, <laughs> that is, that's brutal. But to a degree, like, I, I mean, as a, like you say, as a wrestler, you could pull out 10 really good Triple H matches. Mm. It's just that everything else, and you think of the amount of people and the amount of good stuff he could have done um, mm. within the industry has kind of gone from that. Now, weirdly, his kind of legacy, you mentioned about NXT, is kind of tied in with where he is as an executive because he's lost power there because effectively mm. he, rather like I think Shane, it ties in with WrestleMania 17, ultimately weirdly getting the blame for WCW as Vince mm. avoids all level of creative responsibility yet again. And it feels mm. like with with NXT, he's kind of, what kind of role is he really at this point? Somebody who's a Vince right-hand man? Not really, not anymore. Is he even invited to WrestleMania? You know, it's like him and Shane are gonna it's gonna be a picture of them outside saying they can't come in. Like yeah. How would I mean, Triple H retiring in ring be treated, let's say two years ago? A massive fuck we'd be talking big fuck off stuff happening at Mania this weekend. It'll be big really big and announced. And it's kind of weird that's not the case. I think we'll get him in some form, but it's not being for a guy who was held up in the mm. whole revisionist history as being this all-time great, mm. like who's who's up there with the biggest stars they've ever had, mm. it's like it, it feels still very low key. Yeah, it it's been. I, I think it's one of them. It's WWE propaganda has convinced people mm-hmm. that he was this big star. You know, the he wasn't just. I can't remember who said it. I think it was. Maybe I Cody cool on Twitter. Like, no, Cody was like, he just, he's oh. the bloke who punched at his dick in the attitude era. He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't Steve Austin. He wasn't The Rock. And that's probably exaggeration. Because again, I am high on that 2000 stuff, the Cactus Jack feud, you know, his stuff back and forth with The Rock is, is a, is a good memory for me. But like, not for me, nothing sums Triple H up. Then remember that time when, uh, when Punk was about to leave WWE and Triple H was like, oh no, man, you're going to be in the main event of WrestleMania this year. You're going to work me. This was in 2014. Yeah. When he was, you know, how many years past his fucking sell by date? Yeah. That's that's Triple H. He, he because of the family stuff, he never did go away, you know. And he was, you know, I think I saw uh, was it Sam Roberts that described him. He's like, well, Brett, Brett and Sean are like Babe Ruth, and I can't remember who the other one he said. Maybe it was Michael Jordan. Um, and Triple H is like the Tom Brady. It's like Triple H wishes he was fucking Tom Brady. <laughs> Triple H wishes he was this no. this all timer, you know. He just. You know, he had he had an incredible run for a couple of years, and then you know he ran a he ran NXT, which which we all enjoyed. But he also had eighteen years of of absolute shite. You know, <laughs> it's just you gotta have some balance there. I think when you uh, when you talk about him, yeah, there's gonna be plenty of Triple H's great stuff that that floats mm-hmm. around there. It's just like go back and. Like I say, we sat through the reign of terror on it. And again, you know, the reason why we have all this discontent is the next 
generate the next big stars who should have been on that kind of massive level were never put over by him. It's kind of interesting that Lesnar bypassed that mm. when you think about it. Because you, in a way, though, Triple H got the win on the WrestleMania match, the one that counted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blaster won the feud, but Triple H won the WrestleMania match, the one in the middle Which of the Which is odd. So much of his career is like the reverse of that. He'd lose a big yeah. WrestleMania match, but he knew he was coming back to get the win and ultimately be the guy. That's always what happened. So the victories kind of felt quite hollow. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. like only really like things like Batista and The Shield, which were like big pet personal projects of his where he was, mm. like, really going to go, no, no, I'll I'll put you over, brother. Mm. And, you know, Sean Askew, is he Hall of Fame in his own right? I mean, if it's a real Hall of Fame, no. But it's WWE Hall of Fame, of course. Like, you yeah, know, that, that's the work, you know. It's a work to Hall of Fame, and the work is he is this 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 all-timer who, you know, Chris says here, you know, he he's, describes him as the, the Wayne Rooney, you know, had potential wrestling as Lawrence when on the man went on to manage a losing team. I like that, that kind <laughs> of... Uh, <laughs> kind of works, doesn't it? Very um, <laughs> and maybe, yeah, we'll see some life after uh, WWE 4. Maybe he will pop up and, you know, maybe do his own thing at some point. But I think he's just kind of quietly, you know, have an office job with WWE on the health side. That's probably the best for him. Yeah. It's probably a good thing. And yeah, he'll uh, he'll set off into the uh, the sunset. And he will. He'll get his um, Hall of Fame in uh, induction one day. But yeah, that's. Uh, that's Triple H, but yeah, there are people who genuinely believe he, he's the Rocky Steve Austin. But you know, I, I think to be honest, JP he was just scared because Cody was coming in. Yeah, that Cody was coming in, and he was like, you know what, I'm not going to mess with that lad with his uh, his golden shovel. I think I'm going to uh, going to get out to get out of a uh, get out of dodge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's you know it, it's going to be that way because revisionist history says that that's the case it's just going to be interesting what he does next kind of backstage because it, again it's the first time him in the public eye you know are they going to is he not going to be doing too much because of general health concerns and he's just going to be kind of at home for the next period of time that's it it's where the the kind of it's where the legitimate kind of health issues that he has how much that plays a part because i can't imagine him something like running nxt would just be it'd be too stress inducing yeah Anything i imagine doing, if, if they tried this shift to NXT 2.0 with them around, in a way, it kind of worked out, didn't it? If that was what they wanted, you know, they pretended he was still involved, but he definitely wasn't, you know? Um, yeah, maybe that's uh, the way it's going. But yeah, speaking of his, his successor, you know, I, I actually, this week, JP, didn't watch Monday Night Raw, or, well, Oof. didn't watch most of it. Do you know why? Because WWE, in their genius, through a, a YouTube, uh, I think it's a Twitter video, in fact, up of uh, of Vince McMahon announcing that uh, the Seth Rollins opponent would be uh, revealed at uh, a WrestleMania, nullifying any reason to watch Monday Night Raw <laughs> last night. Like I feel like yep. that's uh, that's WWE logic, you know. All in all, don't 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 put that big angle on the uh, on the TV show. Just throw it on the uh, on the internet beforehand. I, I, I say that I did I, I did find myself last night while I was doing some notes for some other stuff, um, having a bit of Raw on on the background just to kind of be a uh, be aware of it, but uh, yeah, save, save me three hours on Monday Night JP. I feel um, much more rested as, as a result. But what wow. you make of this? That, uh, that that's the uh, that's the direction we're going. It looks like from what Meltzer was saying on Observer Radio today, Cody's gonna come out at WrestleMania and be the Seth Rollins opponent if he signs with WWE, which apparently is still an if, which kind of um, shocked me. Oh, this is getting weirder and weirder by it, and you just don't know what who to believe then at this point. Because it was, wasn't it? PW Insider said he signed what would have been at this point about three weeks ago, 
um, for this to be the case. There's, you know, the more you think of it, the more it becomes like a case of, imagine if Cena comes out or someone like that, like just a... a That's backup, a, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a backup, isn't it? It's like... Billy Goldberg's uh, um, been told to get in the gym, mate, you might say, uh, we might need you. Well, it's like <laughs> Sting at Bash, Bash at the Beach, isn't it? Getting, preparing to turning heel and joining the NWO. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's it's very odd because this should be something you'd think you'd want to be hyping. But, mm-hmm. I mean... If he comes out, then it's it's like a, a big old pop. Have they, have they mentioned what day it is? This going to be on? No, is it? Don't believe so. Um, he just said on WrestleMania. So I mean, maybe the Saturday or the maybe he comes out the Saturday. They work mm. on the Sunday, or I mean, the way it was described, it was like Seth's going to come out and then find out his opponent on the night. The one thing I would say is you, you get you know that kind of crowd that's going to be there for WrestleMania is the in tune crowd mm. or at least of the I think what's the number now 65,000 um sales think the so. of the louder portion of them are gonna be you know your hardcore fans who are aware this story is happening in the background it's it's funny it's a little bit like the you know the kind of doing it but maybe in a worse way the the punk rampage thing where it was everything but said punk was coming in unfortunately in this mm-hmm. case as much as I find them entertaining the answer is Cody Rhodes not CM Punk coming in but they're kind of doing the same thing aren't they where like and you wouldn't have expected them to do this with them um, with a Cody for him to be Vince McMahon's, you know, chosen one. Like, what a yeah. what a spot for Cody if, if if it is that. Unless, as Sean says in the in the uh, in the chat, it's Kane. Um, but, <sighs> yeah, I piss myself laughing if that's the mm-hmm. case. I hope it's on day two because then. Well, apparently Andy and Connor are saying it. It looks like it is the Saturday. So sorry, yeah, it looks like that ah, is the right. Day Bollocks. <laughs> Gives right. that a bit of a something, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? In that case, I'll be like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. No, uh, it, it it does make you it does make you wonder um, just why they're doing this. You think, although saying that they drew uh, what was it a seven month high last night one point nine seven nine million um, for the rating that, that's just come out. People so. must have known Cody wasn't going to be on Raw. That must be what it is. They that was it. Yeah, it was up higher, and and, and, and they you know probably felt like he wasn't going to be on there. So you know for them that's very very good. They'll take it as, as somewhat of a of a good sign i mean obviously i'm not engaged with it you've inexplicably sat through more of it than i could do in like a year <laughs> i've only got myself to blame yeah yeah you really have done for that but in terms of is this the best thing for him i mean it creates those moments that's the kind of stuff they're really interested in it's that big initial pop it's it's things like that you know they're just ultimately is he going to come in and just when he has the match with Seth Rollins, is that heat going to end up being sustained? Or is it going to be a point where he comes in and squashes Seth Rollins, which Mm. might make some sort of impact? Because if it's him going in there and having a 15-minute long match with Seth Rollins, I can't see myself sustaining any levels of excitement or novelty that Cody Rhodes is having a Cody Rhodes match in a WWE ring. It feels like, oh, okay, we're back to this already. So Mm. I don't know. Um, it, It... it's still like a, it's just still a novelty, but it, it, you know, if you would have thought you wanted to get as many eyeballs on it, then surely you'd announce it. It wouldn't detract away from it in all seriousness, would it? It's still the kind of thing you do. It's what they would have done in the past. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder what's going on there, whether, you know, Sam says here, the way to Vince's heart is to treat him mean and keep him keen. Yeah. Maybe it's true. Very much really like is Still, you know, to and fro and over his contract, maybe Cody has got them, um, over a barrel, um, or as Carl said, maybe we just end up with the uh, the return of Stardust. That could happen too, but it's still a fascinating story oh, to follow. And yeah, 
you know, it's a it's a reason, if nothing else, to watch that Saturday Mania. I don't know if you're uh, we're going to go through the uh, the big weekend preview uh, tomorrow, JP. But you know, apparently Austin versus um, Owens, Owens Seddon is a promo on Raw. That's uh, not a match. A segment is going to main event night one, but I don't know if you can do it any other way, can you? Like, if Austin's based on watching WrestleMania 17, Austin, Austin in Texas. Like, I mean, it's a sad state of affairs that this bloke, um, you know, 20 years past his retirement is going to get the biggest pop on the show, but he is. Makes sense to put it on last, I suppose. Yeah, it does. It it's not, doesn't give you a whole lot of faith if you're on that undercard. I mean, Ronda Rousey looks doesn't look happy at the best of times and particularly unenthused. How's she going to be after this? Like you're thinking that that would have been the night, and Steve Austin walk like comes in and straight away he's seen as a much bigger star than everybody else, and he's not even having a match. Kevin Owens, he gets to say main events of WrestleMania. Although if these shows are quite overlong and bloated, the thing that has happened at Manias has been that the best match has been often in the middle of the card and never the main event, simply because mm. the crowd get quite burnt out at these things. And they don't have the kind of quality to sustain it like an AEW would do. So mm. at the same time, there's probably a good logic for this because they're going to, if if it was on halfway through the show, would it kill a lot of stuff? Would it feel like that's the ultimate high point for it? Depressingly, that probably is the case. But mm. saying that, you would have thought they would have want to, you know, you've got both of the women's matches on there. How Charlotte Flair going to take this? Because I imagine mm. she looked at this and thought, right, great, it's going to be, you know. I think they all know their place at this point. They know yeah. Steve Austin's the real star. Kevin Owens seems happy with his place in the world. This is what he resigned for. You know, we all kind of looked sideways at Owens and Zayn resigning, but Zayn's got a, you know, a featured match for all you can say, you know, with Johnny Knoxville, which has been very entertaining, not on the TV, but on the both of their Twitter accounts. Genuinely, yeah. I've very much. Kind of enjoyed John Knoxville, you know, surveying members of the public to find out what they think of Sam. Have you seen Jackass Forever yet? Still, no. I was going to watch it on Friday. I will. Maybe uh, a tie into WrestleMania this weekend. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll find a spare two hours somewhere and uh, and throw it on. But I mean, yeah, that's but that's why them two lads resigned. Like that is clearly it. Oh, they told uh, they told Owens he was going to be fodder for Steve Austin. He's happy with that. That'll do him. Um, like even the to be honest, I was looking at it, like when um, Triple H all the Triple H news come out, he posted that photo again of Triple H handed him the world title like it was a good thing that happened and not you know entirely made him look like a child who needed the uh, Triple H to to do his actual work for him, the actual star. But you know he's happy with this. He's happy doing this with Austin at WrestleMania. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. That's what this roster is at this point. So, you know, whatever. It is. It doesn't do anything for the long-term growth of mm-hmm. things. And Austin's not going to be around a lot after this, is he? This, yeah, that's it. Exactly. You know, whatever. They're so going to do what in- they do. Yeah, yeah, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a roster full of people who are going to stand up for themselves. Is it? It's not, it's not like you know Scott Steiner, for example. Like the Steiners are going in the Hall of Fame on this Hall of Fame weekend. I'm surprised that's even happening because apparently he was refusing to, uh, like Cody, refusing to play ball with WWE. Apparently that was part of the reason why, uh, why Braun Breaker was, uh, was not a Steiner or why they weren't uh, outright uh, acknowledging that the, uh, you know, the uh, the Steiner relationship. He, he's going in now, so he's won. You know, he's gotten his, uh, he's gotten his way with good him. lad. Human, what a dispute they've got. There, there's an exciting thing for me any weekend, JP. We can get all we can go all uh, get excited for a good Steiner's video package. Oh, absolutely. And given how much they kick fucking ass as well, like mm. I was thinking, was it somebody was saying something about them being the like kind of first of those kind of teams? It was like, no, they're kind of the last of those teams, those kind of 
going in and basically brutalizing jobbers to a certain extent. We've seen various versions, whether it's like an Authors of Pain or whoever mm. kind of do very much imitations, but they're iconic for me. I growing up in a, in a Steiner Brothers era, I, like although their WWF run wasn't anywhere near as as good, they just weren't a fit at that point in time, given who they were. But yeah, long overdue. Good lad, mm. Scott. Like he deserves it for the overall. This is a good argument, probably for the singles career in a weird way for the amount of stuff that he ended up doing. I mean, it's a fake Hall of Fame. Surely that that should be the case. But as a team, definitely they're like, I'm surprised. You know, they're the inspiration for what the Creed brothers, I imagine, are in the Diamond Mine. They're the kind of template for that stuff, and yeah, hell of a lot of fun. Mm. There you go. There's something to look forward to from WWE's program. Yeah. I'm sure, uh, I still won't watch I'm the sure Hall of Fame. I watch his stuff. I'm not watching <laughs> The Undertaker. We know we know what the speech is. Smackdown on Friday, you're going to be watching that, mate? NXT on Sunday, Saturday afternoon. I two thirds of them. You know, I'm, of, of this WrestleMania weekend, I'm happy Blood Sports on at 9 o'clock on a Thursday night UK time. NXT's mm. on at like 6pm or something like that on, uh, on Saturday night. Is that going to pull you in, mate? I mean... It, I think I may end up struggling to kind of fit it in at that particular point in time because the amount of shows I will have watched up to that stage is probably going to be absolutely fucking mental. But it, it, it's it's I'm interested in the crowd. Like I said on the weekend, what is this going to actually end up drawing? I mean, I've been kind of pulling notes of all the big cards this weekend and you see what's on it and they're running what the, you know, they've got obviously a lot of people who are flying in, but how many of them are going to come across to this is going to be interesting because it's not exactly particularly exciting. I mean, be a big, big, big weekend for Bron Breckers. I imagine he's beating Dolph Ziggler for the title. Like, but yeah. out, outside maybe of it, change the name to Steiner. Maybe we'll all go, you know, we'll get that moment. Fucking oh, actually, his name be. is Bronson Steiner. Sorry. Sorry. Bronson <laughs> Steiner. See, <laughs> if that's, that's his real, thing. real name. Well, I mean, obviously it's Rex Steiner, isn't it? But like Bronson Steiner. What in the hell is wrong with that? That's and he looks like he should be a Bronson Steiner in the sense that he looks in a weird way a bit like Tom Hardy when he played Bronson, that mad prisoner who kept on fucking taking over <laughs> places. And that great film with Nicholas Winding mm. Refn. But, oh, yeah. yeah, a lot of good Nicholas Winding Refn, film. but but they're, they're doing this stuff over the weekend. I mean, they're you know, ultimately, they're gonna have what probably about they're gonna certainly say closer to 200,000, but about 160 odd thousand tickets sold over, over the weekend. They'll have done very well out of the enterprise. And what do they learn? They learn absolutely nothing because mm-hmm. it's still a case of what's going to be happening afterwards. Is there going to be anyone substantial kind of push to the top who isn't already there? I just don't think that's going to be the case. It's that, that fresh infusion of talent. The one thing I would say about Mania weekend, I'm probably talking about the preview shows, I'm expecting Gable Stevenson to do something in some big and meaningful way. I think that I don't they're going it. to go all in on that. Do you don't me, and Matty have got a, me and Matty have got a big bet on Gable Stevenson. I, uh, my bet is he, he just never happens. <laughs> like, he just never happens. I think it's more... I've got three possible like scenarios. Yeah, they literally never debuts, which honestly I think is plausible. He debuts, but he fizzles out very quickly. Or best case scenario, we get to Jack Swagger one with the title, run with the title, and he's a tri- he's a fucking trivia note in a few years. They they won't be able to help themselves but fuck him up. He's not happening. And they've already got a Gable on the roster, JP. So you know, yeah, that either. We, you know, he's Gable Stevenson. I always say Stevenson. 
it just feels like mm. it's it's it, it yeah back up for Seth him coming out and doing that that's that's not beyond the realms of of possibility is him doing something over the I think it's whether or not he's got a nat- natural aptitude for it because now obviously he's mm. finished he's done he's won the NCAA's he's got this ridiculous kind of career for it it's just that when you saw him come out what was it at SummerSlam he looked very like he didn't look like he was engaged. There was like two, there was two Olympians who'd signed with them. Mm-hmm. And like the, the woman who was there just looked a lot more kind of naturally charismatic. Whereas, yeah, he's a big guy who can wrestle, but it's like, so could say Dan Severin. There's a part of me would wonder, will he be want? how long is that deal for? And will he just be doing it for the time being to then transition into UFC? Mm-hmm. Where he can have big really? super, super fights at a heavyweight level. Yeah, maybe he will be the next Brock Lesnar, and by that I mean he'll fuck WWE off and go to UFC and make more money. Um, and then maybe he'll hold them over the barrel, and maybe he'll get as a, a star. And after that, I suppose that should be a fourth mm. possibility in the uh, little bit with Matty. But but we'll see. But yeah, we'll have um, plenty of um, previews of the all the uh, the mania stuff uh, on tomorrow's uh, live show on YouTube. Uh, search Grapple on YouTube if you want to tune into that with us uh, tomorrow night, eight o'clock ish start, JP. I just asked you, yeah. just throwing off there. Yeah, eight o'clock. We didn't wait to ah, Okay, eight o'clock to uh, to get the uh, the exact time uh, tomorrow. But yeah, we'll have all that, and yeah, we'll have plenty of uh, daily podcasts. So yeah, we should probably talk some uh, some other stuff. And I think we'll keep mm-hmm. it brief this week with uh, with AWJP as we kind of are recording this again on a on a Tuesday. There's another dynamite on Wednesday, which is probably going to get lost in the mix of um, all the stuff going on this week we got a big boston show coming the week after but we'll get some uh, some quick thoughts in on the uh on dynamite and, uh, and rampages as, as a pair from last week before we get into uh, some of the uh, the japan stuff we're going to talk about today but yeah i will say that dynamite uh, last week you know probably the best first hour of uh, <laughs> mm. tv i've ever seen i mean you give me a show that has a as a as a combination of Punk versus uh, Dax Harwood, you know, an incredible, you know, old school babyface heel match flowing into an eight-man tornado tag with Sting trying to kill himself, Jeff Hardy trying to kill himself, Darby Allen nearly, literally killing himself and brawling all over the arena. You know, it was shown in the ratings, kept the audience, um, that Big Bang Theory audience that tuned in and, uh, and stuck to it through Punk and Harwood, mm-hmm. you know, in a... To an extent, stuck through the tornado tag. Followed that with Moxley and Brian Anderson beating the shit out of Brian Pillman Jr. and tell you what, mate, you've got a, you've got an Hall of Fame first hour of uh, of AEW Dynamite. Um, this last week, uh, maybe less said about the second hour, the uh, the better. You know, Jay Ethel walks out, and you know that uh, the things are maybe going to uh, take a bit of a a turn compared to that uh, that first hour, but still solid. But you know, the, the first hour especially was just unreal, good mate. It was uh, just an oh. incredible incredible spectacle. 100 mile an hour stuff. I mean, um, Sean in the chat mentions that and he messaged me at the time, like that first hour of TV was something else. And it was just mm-hmm. the the kind of pace it moved with, but it was just that good combination of, of sort of really good wrestling. There was the obviously kind of wild, um, you know, tag team tornado, the eight man match, which was just bonkers. And then you had more sort of Danielson and Moxley, which is stuff that's very intense when it's going on in the ring so you you're kind of looking at them thinking and the ratings themselves you know getting up over a million Mm. it's a point where you know the recent run of shows have been generally quite good like there hasn't Mm. been since the pay-per-view there feels like they've been on a kind of good steady direction i got the impression after the cm punk match that like when adam 
Page is finished with Adam Cole, which I don't quite know why that that feud is still continuing. Does anyone buy that Adam Cole's got a chance against no. Adam Page? No one. And does. they just got him stealing the belts as well. Like yeah. they did that on Rampage. It's like oh, okay, so like, what is it going to be a ladder match? I assume where they have to put mm. the tile up. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's going to be the case. And Probably good, though, to be fair. It probably will <laughs> you know. be good. They'll probably find a way of doing making it a bit more different and unique, but that's what I'm kind of the direction I'm expecting to go in. But then I think at, at Double or Nothing, it's him, it's Page and Punk, mm. which it kind of should be. And the TV and the build-up to that is going to be very interesting as well. But So mm. it feels like, the current direction, like I've had issues with the storylines on the whole, but it feels like for the big storylines at the minute, once they, you know, what they're kind of building up to feels like it's just a bit more substantial. There's mm. a kind of a good level of consistency, but I think that's how it's almost like what they start the show off with is going to be all the big stuff because the way the ratings ended up going and getting the way it went right the down to the main. Yeah, the rampage logic. You're going to start off, you're going to find shows with the main events at the beginning. And obviously they've done this before with when they did Omega versus Danielson and they started, mm. you know, and started off with that. So it does, it does make you feel like this is going to be the kind of template for shows and for any live television show let alone a wrestling show to keep up that kind of momentum for two hours is going to be really tough so Mm. the fact that you know you're getting that really kind of big first hour you know and there's enough storylines for them to do so yeah yeah it was great i mean to be honest i mean if anything, I, I kind of thought that first hour was a little bit exhibition because it was like, why was Punk wrestling Dax Harwood? Well, it just was. <laughs> so it didn't really tie into anything, but it felt like one of them where maybe like they've both gone to Tony and gone, can we have a match? And he's gone, go on then. You know, yeah. why not? What a great thing to be able to throw in your show. You know, I mean, obviously the Hardy stuff was felt like a bit of a payoff to, to all of that. Hopefully the Hardy boys now move on to, to you know, more interesting matchups than, you know, rehashing the Hardy family slash Andrade family office stuff. Um, and, you know, to be honest, the Brian Mock stuff was kind of standalone um, as well. But as a, as an hour of doing that, and the fact that they can throw this stuff out, it was just yeah. it was just a great. It was like show, it was like Tony Khan showing off, you know, what he can do. Like, yeah, I mean, I can't say enough things, good things, or Punk and Harwood. Like, I went four point two five um, on Grapple for it. I could attempt to go four and a half. Like, it, it, it's a. It would the thing is, it was just a. It was the definition of a perfect TV match. Yeah. And when I say the word perfect, should I not be saying five stars? Well, maybe it's a five-star TV match, but, you know, it's a TV match at the end of the day, but it felt, you know, they had a bit of the influence of, and it was written all over, you know, both of their Twitters and the match. There was a lot of Bret Hart influence in this thing. Yeah. Man, you know, the sharp feet of spot that they did put in there, just the, the little things they were, they were doing through this match. But it was one of those, no fat on the bone type of matches where everything in it mattered. Every every little thing they were doing kind of led to led to the next. The pacing was absolutely perfect. It was technical without being Zack Sabre Jr. technical. You know, it was technical in a controlling the crowd, you know, kind of mm-hmm. way. You know, like a, a bit of a, a, a pacing kind of way. And you know, I've had not, I've had always had great things to say about FTR, but you put Dax in these matches and he can deliver and you know in there with a the punk. They had great chemistry, and yeah, you know, they were clearly, you know, harking back to the days of, you know, Bret Hart on TV against Owen Hart or yep. One Two Three Kids or whoever the uh, the opponent was is of the week. Both played their role perfectly. Punk felt red hot coming out of it, pointing at his at his uh, at his waist, and uh, still indicate that he wants to go for the title. And the crowd 
that Texas crowds were yeah. absolutely awesome. It was as good a dynamite opener as you're gonna get. Like that was probably my highlight of that first hour. Um, I kind of, I, I mean, I really enjoyed the stunt show just for watching Mental Sting. Yeah. is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Like, like every week, I just think, my God, like there was that was not. Was just that was just just didn't stop, did it? It was the, no. the pacing of that was perfect as well. Like that was fucking, like it was exactly. escalating violence, wasn't it? Yeah, and when Hardy was up a ridiculous height, even for him, and like did the the swanton onto the onto the butcher and the blade, it was like just mm. fucking mental shit. Um, mm. But I I agree with you. I mean, I just think it was putting putting someone like Dax Harwood in with CM Punk is always, it always feels like it, it feels like it's a good matchup. It feels like it's where two people could complement their styles. They, they've probably got quite a similar mindsets when it comes to like, you know, putting in like those little callbacks to, um, to Bret Hart as well. And, and, you know, Sean mentioned in the chat, they've got the Owen cup coming up, you know, they're starting to do stuff with that. Now there's like a, a, a qualifying match for the women's Owen cup. I think that's on, either the no it's on the dynamite this this wednesday so you know yeah. i have to say i mean you know we, we we're talking about like that kind of an opener but you think to yourself it just shows off the the real variety of the promotion of the mm-hmm. of what they have all the toys they have to play with at this point mm-hmm. in time and there's so many people who don't even feature on this because when you look at a rampage Obviously, it's entirely different roster they seem to have most weeks. Basically, an artificial roster split, isn't it? I like that. It That's is. a good use of, of, of I, doing that. I was thinking that when I was watching Rampage. I was like, Ricky Starks is going, this is my show. It's like, yeah, he should have that kind of attitude. This is his mm. show. It feels like it's the hook show mm. as well. It's it's where Team yeah. Taz are at, at their pomp. To, to James Strickland's show. Yeah, that's kind of what they're doing, isn't it? Um, but yeah, like on the Dynamite side, like yeah, I, lo- I, yeah. I love that opener. I'm with you on the second match. I love that too. I gave that four stars as well. I'm just yeah. I'm looking at the grapple up and I was uh, obviously very excited by this first hour, more so than the average, because uh, the average for Punk uh, Harwood is 3.8 um, and the average for the other uh, 20 hits tag is uh, 3.48, which is quite low, I think, for uh, for what it was. But I suppose it wasn't really a, you know, a psychology fest or, a, you know... A, mm. It was just a fun fucking spectacle, and yeah, you know, I'll happily throw four stars at it because I had a fucking wild time watching it, just as uh, as wild as the wrestlers did, and as wild as uh, Jeff Hardy seemed to. Like, if Jeff Hardy had any doubts about coming to AEW, he's fucking made up. Gets to jump off high things every week. Like, yeah. he's happy. Um, you know, with people who are also well up for jumping off high things. Imagine him and Derby. Like, they are yeah. like. I think we're building to that, which is what we should be building yeah. to. They should be the focus two people in this. I think we should get a tag where, you know, Sting will play his role because God bless Sting. He's happy to play that role and be, be a second fiddle to uh, to Derby. Yeah. And, you know, we can, yeah, you know, Matt Hardy can, can you know, to keep his knees together with sticky tape and, you know, corner Jeff. <laughs> and Jeff and Derby can be the, the the focus of this and we can maybe lead to like some kind of singles match where there's some kind of passing of the torch. It feels... <laughs> Feels like that's that the pay-per-view. Yeah. yeah, you got that to be excited about as well. So, yeah, like I say, I'm, I, I absolutely love that too. It was just great. How much time do you have with the Hardys in AEW? Mm. That's really mm. part of it as well. Like, I mean, how much are you really going to be able to get? Who do you really want to get over on this? And getting Darby over, uh, Darby Allen over with uh, by using Jeff Hardy to do that seems like kind of really what you should be doing. And it should be on double or nothing. You want to make mm. that show feel like a really big deal. That's like, you know, I'm not the target demographic for what that for that match. You know, 
people a lot younger than me, but even I can see that's just like an obvious direction. You see it in the stands. Jeff Hardy is so over still. Like, yeah, he is. He is. You know, whatever. You know, we've we've seen him do it all before. We've seen him do it in TNA and WWE, but. I think he's a he's a wise pickup by WWE. I think he's already proven, um, you know, that he's going to make them a fair amount of profit. But yeah, I love that. Like I say, you know, the maybe the uh, the Brian and uh, Moxley stuff wasn't as uh, you know pointed as, as last week with maybe the the direction we had last week from you know coming out of it. Um, obviously, with uh, with all of the, uh, the storyline um, type stuff coming uh, coming through there with Wheeler Utah, but still a lot of fun. You know, I'm still fun to mm. see those two rip people apart. Not sure on the name, JP. <laughs> Blackpool Combat Club, as we were uh, no. saying on the weekend show, that feels like a uh, a name that uh, um, Americans seem to really love. And like, there's going to be a lot of Americans walking around with Blackpool Combat Club on their uh, on their t-shirt. You walk around with uh, with that on your t-shirt around here, and like, people might uh, take that a little bit differently. Uh, Does it involve yeah. someone holding up? Point glass and using it to smash into <laughs> someone's face because that might be the version yeah, of it in a stag in a in a in a stag do uh, <sighs> costume and uh, and cowboy hat or something like that or you know pink cowboy hat. Like He's done wonderful the, uh, things for the Blackpool Tourist Board, hasn't he, Regal? Tell this. you what, Re- Regal has created a myth in people's brains about what Blackpool is. As a man who's experienced it in real life, JP, I think you can uh, mm. rightly say it's a very different place than uh, than is uh, yeah. sold to it. Yeah, it is. It's a very, it's a very different place. Um, when we went up there for the uh, for the P- PCW show uh, at mm. the at the tower, Blackpool on a Saturday night is an experience. Like, and and the thing is, you can only really have seen it through our eyes, Benno. We are in a Blackpool pop world. It's mm. it's a sight. It's mm. a you know, but yeah, it, it's it's wild how this mythology has happened around Honestly. Blackpool and how people willingly people are going in for it as well. It's it's mad shit. Oh, well. I would like to see people that uh, you know go go do a weekend there, stay in the um, in the death ho- the murder hotel that me and you stayed in uh, that time. Go visit oh. uh, Coral Island. <laughs> go see the the the, uh, the rusty tower. Alan Cheapshot screaming at his uh, his radio right now. He's a very yeah. proud Blackpoolian. Uh, Sorry, mate. Blackpoolian. Maybe that's the, uh, the phrase. But yeah, like <laughs> to Americans, that's it sounds cool though. So whatever, um, it's working. But uh, Sean asks, "What's the Potwell story?" There'll be a Patreon episode on that one day. Yeah, um, but yes. <laughs> What I did enjoy, though, and you know, people who uh, you think I've got nothing but bad things to say about Regal, I thought he was fantastic. Uh, mm. again. I think he's brilliant. I love the way he just he picks on Excalibur. I think that's wonderful. Like, I love that's Excalibur's right, man with the mask. Yeah, I love that. And Excalibur's at a point now where you can do that because Excalibur's been established as the commentator. It's not Jim Ross mm-hmm. and Tony Schiavone unnecessarily bullying him. It it works, and it's kind of I'd take him on commentary over Jericho on these fucking rampages. Yeah, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of fun stuff. Gareth says here, by the way, Regal out. In fact, is from Staffordshire. So yeah, Stoke Pottery Club. As Gareth puts here in the chat, is not a. Not as Are you hard, sure that's not the name of the Stoke City firm, the Stoke Pottery <laughs> Club? Maybe, maybe that's what they are. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll say nice things about Regal on commentary and as a promo and as a uh, you know anything other than in ring because I don't think he's a that's fan it. of his own in ring. But anywho, um, I think he's I think he's been great. I, I still don't know where this is going. I still don't know if you move Moxley or Danielson out as the the lead singles mm. act in this group. Whether you're bringing a Kings of Wrestling, I've seen you know people fantasy book, or you bring in you know your younger lads oh, you really wearing a Chris Hero T-shirt here, mate. There you go. Maybe that's the route it goes, but that's an interesting story. Fun little thing for Danielson and Moxley to do, and it's a, it's a, another extra bit of star power, isn't it, for this this cracking first hour? So it worked for me in every sense. 
it, it's it's as good as you're going to get when you've got two main event wrestlers and you're obviously wanting to do a long-term feud of them, but it doesn't involve the title and you kind of don't want them involved. So it, it's, it feels like a kind of a good way. And I mean, I think it has to be with sort of younger wrestlers. I wasn't sure if Griff Garrison was going to be one of the ones because that's always someone who they feel like they've kind of been. <laughs> that's a lad who looks like he wants to be anywhere other than stood next to Brian Pillman Jr. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no way those two get on in real life. It just, you can tell. It's written all over his face. It it, it doesn't feel like he's long for this world. I wouldn't worry about it, the, va- the varsity blondes. But, I mean, I think Garrison of the two, actually, is the one who has kind of obviously has that bit about him, whereas oh, Brian yeah. Pillman Jr. has just plateaued as to, as to where he is. But... You know, I like the Utah stuff. I found myself intrigued. I want to know where where it's going as a direction. It it feels a lot more of a you know the regal kind of slight theatrics kind of aside. Mm-hmm. I like the kind of aesthetic of them when they come in and they just they do mesh well as this mm-hmm. kind of super tag team. But mm-hmm. I kind of want to see them in there with the likes of the Bucks. That's the kind of stuff that I want to like. Ultimately, if you're going to do them, I want to see them. Actually, I think there's there's juice in them having a going for like a, a tag belt at some point, which may be a direction they go in at double or nothing. Because I think this this is going to be going on a while. Well, yeah, that could make sense. Because I one criticism I've always got about the tag division is whatever the books are doing gets highlighted, but there's never like a B feud, or it never feels like there's a, at least a long term B feud. These do doing this and just going over people as a tag team and establish itself is probably the B program, yeah. isn't it, in the tag division right now? And it could, yeah. Once they get the uh, Young Bucks against uh, Fish and O'Reilly out the way, that could be, uh, you know, um, yeah. I forget. So they're not even the champs, are they? Yeah, it could be, uh, you know, go straight for uh, Jurassic Express, you know. It's an updated version of. It's an updated version of Sting and Luger versus the Steiners, a Super mm. Brawl. It's like mm. that kind of stuff. And. I've wanted New Japan to do that for the longest time as well. And it feels like the tag division should be ultimately a place where you can have these kind of big high level tag teams. Mm-hmm. It's just about them kind of build. It's whether or not they're going to use that as the kind of way of them turning, mm-hmm. I, you know, because you're expecting that at, at some point, obviously, but at least well, it's a weird dynamic. And Nicholas Moxley is technically mm-hmm. a big face. Danielson technically a heel right now. Mm-hmm. There's got to be shenanigans at some point. You know, to, to straighten that out, but no, I guess we'll uh, guess we'll see. But yeah, did you have any any strong thoughts on on that second hour of dynamite? Any broad stroke thoughts on that? I suppose we can get into into rampage as well. Um, anything there in broad strokes you wanted to mention? Uh, not really in terms of the the second half. I mean, you had the sort of what the the MJF promo um, mm. there as well, and it's interesting that that you know the stories about was it Tony Khan having the kind of row with him, which did yeah, feels I a mean, bit. I'll believe it when I kind of see it well, for that. This- when he's on those interviews and he's ripping it, he's talking about how, you know, he gets on with Bruce Pritchard and he loves Raw and yeah. SmackDown. Like, I mean, he's clearly doing a bit. Like, I think that's great. I think, I think it's, I think it's it, tremendous. It, it, Benefits everyone really, doesn't it? It makes it makes MJF yeah. even more hated than AW fans are. Yeah. It probably puts them in a good position contract wise. And you know, I think realistically he's probably always re-signing with AW, I think, yeah, unless you know the Cody run, you know, changes his mind, he's always gonna re-sign with them. But yeah, apparently that was the story that he didn't go through AEW to get this interview with Eric Hawani or, or let them know. And apparently there's also some issue with his, you know, he wants a bit of a better contract out of them, which course he does he's a young wrestler who's over um i can't blame him for wanting a, a bigger contract but no melter did say on um observer radio today that it is uh it is rectified 
It is. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, the, the tumbling's done. If we're going to be precise, ah, good um, yeah, disappointed <laughs> after some good drawing weather last week. We're not. We're not having that kind of weather this week. I just feel um, about putting stuff in the tumble dryer, JP. Given energy prices again. with a fucking gritted teeth, mate. That's how I feel. I don't know if yours is like mine though. It tends to crease all my stuff up. So like underwear, yeah. your t-shirt. I don't mind throwing in there. Anything smarter than that, I don't think can go on the tumble dry. Oh no, no, nothing smarter than that's going in. This is all like kind of jeans, is it not? Pants and socks and stuff like that. No, I don't put jeans in, and like don't put football shirts in. I'll tell you that much. But um, in terms of the MJ, like like you say, this is this is a this is a character piece. The idea that like him doing an interview with Ariel Helwani in some way is an issue it plays in perfectly with the character that says, oh, this is the company that's kind of helped establish me. And this time round, what I'm going to do, I wish that washing machine was not bollocking me. It says, <laughs> literally says the word end on it as well. Uh, as my oldest son walks in just to sort of turn it off, like looks quite cross with me about it. Jesus. Um, <laughs> anyway, MJ, MJF, um, this is kind of what he should be doing. And if he ended up, you know, they're making a big play for them. This, this this is kind of exactly the point of having the competing companies. Like I say, I think that Cody run, because obviously they were very close and Cody was really the person who kind of was the one who was out there like showing off MJF, you know, that feud that had gone on for ages on the indies that they'd been running the whole time, let alone kind of AEW. So, you know, this is exactly what he should be doing. You know, yeah. the, the, this type of stuff. And he will get a big deal. The TV deals will be a big part of it. I think it adds a bit of realism to the storyline without it being too Vince Russo behind the scenes stuff. Here's a guy, you know, he'll be going for the world title at the point where his contract's coming due. You know, he'll be making references to WWE and being that guy. And effectively, by default, then he becomes the representation of WWE, even if he's never wrestled there. And I think I think it's quite a clever way to play your kind of to get that constant heel heat because what's the bigger heel to AEW fans than WWE? Because that's why it exists. Oh, it is. It is. Um, yeah. As far as this promo went on the show, I I enjoyed it. Good work set up for the other uh, Wardlow stuff. Interesting. He said the pinnacles continuing on. It feels like FTR are turning face. So I think maybe mm. maybe there's going to be something in there with the Gum Club or or something there. Um, but yeah, he did mention as well the Punk feud wasn't over, which was interesting. I don't think that means they're going to be uh, having a match anytime soon. But indicates you can go back to that, you know, at any point. Which yeah. I. Uh, I'm always going to uh, be partial to. Uh, so, yeah, I like that on the show. Uh, Lethal Call was fine. You know, I make jokes about Jay Lethal, but, you know, whatever, personal stuff aside, um, he's okay. And it was an okay match. Yeah. Like we said at the top, I do not care about this Adam Cole, Adam Page um, angle. There isn't a personal mm. line that leaves, leaves Adam Cole as beating Page for the title. It is the weirdest match. They don't often do rematches. What a weird match to do a rematch on. I don't think anyone bought he was going to win first time out. Never mind now. So that's stuff I could do with them uh, getting over with. I think it'll be a, a TV defense that uh, the match will be good, but, you know, let's let just get there from a from a booking point of view. Uh, the Sammy Guevara take on stuff continues to be weird. I don't really like them being a, a te- teamed up on, on you know, on, uh, on telly. I don't think it really, they're not particularly likable. Um, they're kind of like the, trying to make them the new Cody and Brandy, I think, having them, uh, you know, plastered all over social media and the like, you know, they posted that uh, picture of oh, yeah. the last week, JP, of them uh, yeah. being, uh, being uh, naked and uh, 
it was Shawn Michaels in it in Play Girl, but there was two of them. Um, yeah, I don't think they're really uh, doing much to uh, to make people want to want to. They're very much in love, aren't they? And they're letting you fucking know it. Yeah, like, good for them. You know, good for them in real life. Good for them. We need it on the telly program. Oh. Probably not. Um, yeah, and Silver and Reynolds against Jericho and Garcia died in the mm. quarter hours. I think that was a lot to do with the competition, but uh, they didn't really, you know, it wasn't like Kingston ran out at the end or Santana Ortiz came out of nowhere. It was just, no. you know, Jericho's new faction celebrated at the end and that was the end of it. So, yeah, feels like a dynamite where the uh, the first hour was there was definitely the uh, the news rather than the second. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was definitely the news, but at the same time, it carries on the good streak, good ratings. They'll be kind of happy with those but then as we spoke about ratings of the weekend show they're kind of up across the board if you're looking across all of the all the of the rampage <laughs> other than the rampage i haven't seen the rampage rating oh, for today four hundred thousands mate it died this week and that was back to its normal time slot oh wow don't know what happened there um four, i think it was fifth on cable as well Ooh. um I don't know. I suppose it was out of its time. Start the week before there was sports competition. I not to say. Mm. I mean, but, but Rampage is what it is, isn't it? You know, we say you no know, one's got to come to our head to make us watch it or make anyone watch it. It's just a nice little hour of extra AW content with some wrestlers that haven't made it onto Dynamite. You get a, you know, you get a match as good as Ricky Stark versus Swear Strickland, and it's a yeah. solid TV show to me. I've just got to unfortunately listen to Jericho yell all the way through it, but. You know, you know it, it has just a couple of nice matches on it, doesn't it? Each week, and it's a you know, mm-hmm. Dustin Rose on Archer was fun this week as well. It's a it's an easy uh, watch, but not, exactly, but not exactly an appointment watch. Which you know, with a week out of its time slot, it probably explains why people didn't come back in droves. I only finished Rampage today. There was no urgency, and the fact it was taped, which always then leads the the credence of these are the people who who appear on Rampage, which appears to be this is where Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee are going to be for the next while, you know, sort of feuding with with Team Taz. There's no real star power on there. That's the thing. Like when you talk about it being like kind of A and B shows, there is no real star power. There's people I like kind of all over it, and I love Dustin Rhodes. Like I really do. Like he is... So fucking good. Like, and it helps the Lance Archer matches kind of have a formula to them so they get the best mm. out of him. But um, it did make me wonder, is he going to be off soon? Because it wouldn't surprise me if if he didn't end up re-signing and ended up going off to back to New Japan. I think there's, you know, place for him to, to kind of... Yeah, I, I kind of feel like they've got as much from him as they're ever going to get. They've got their own kind of set of giants there who, who appear to be who mean more in the scheme of things like a powerhouse Hobbs or a mentioned Keith Lee or a Wardlow or even a bloody Preston Vance, number 10, you know, he seems to get kind of more TV time than Lance Archer. So it just makes me think that this is, you know, but that's the thing about this overall, even like hook segment, there's a lot of this is very inconsequential. It's building, 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 but it's not, you know, building to like a, a tag match or Keith Lee defeating Ricky starts for the FTW title, but that doesn't mean anything. It's just, mm-hmm. that's like the epitome of a, of kind of a prop to have on a heel wrestler slash commentator. It, afterwards, it just sort of dis- goes in one ear and out the other, but it's very nice TV to watch. Mm. Yeah. On the Jericho stuff on commentary, I would love, I would love for him to just, Oh yeah. Oh, like when he was a when he was a, a babyface, he was he was acting a heel on commentary. And now he's a heel, he acts babyface on commentary. And yeah. 
continues to scream. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. But if you watch it on mute, it's a good hour of TV. I don't hear him. It's like Jim Ross. I just tune mm. them out, to be honest with you, the vast majority of the time. It's bad. It's bad. But Simon says here, by the way, on uh, on uh, Ty and, uh, and Sammy, yeah, he says just two young people exploring each other's bodies and spaffing on title belts. We've all been there, haven't we, JP? Uh, <laughs> Have we? I haven't used <laughs> no. one on one. <laughs> I have not done that yet. I very Xavier much doubt you, you wouldn't be the first Ring of Honor ch- world champion to have done that on there, I, I was imagine. Gonna say. <laughs> Is that a rites of passage that they all have to do? Maybe, maybe. Who knows where that thing has, uh, has been. Uh, Shake hands with the unemployed over it, you know. It's... <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Apparently, that's what they do, though. You know, that's what all the kids are into now, JP. Spaffing on title belts. <laughs> expensive business, expensive way of doing it. I'm not out to keep shame anyone for God's so, sakes, know. but it feels like that's even a bit of a step too far. Get a wet wipe out yourself, you know? Use them. Oh, people were livid about the NXT title that time, mate. So, I mean, like, this would be a much more <laughs> liberal-like kind of stance to it. They didn't do that. We're in a world of storyline. We've all moved on. We've all moved on. That's where the fucking <laughs> money is, if you ask Tony Storm. Christ right. above. And Paige Van Zandt, yeah. Mate, she'd be able to afford like a buying a house in London outright by the time it hits fucking August. Right? <laughs> Honestly, before. to become a property mogul, leave this <laughs> wrestling and bumping shit behind. Christ, I think you're daft if you don't. Yeah, Patreon and OnlyFans, that's the future. So you were for the nice kitchen, like that. <laughs> um, not OnlyFans, Patreon. Uh, but <laughs> oh, come on, pa- Patreon, Patreon is OnlyFans for like sort of white men. It really is. White men with podcasts. That's what it is. <laughs> I think it is. Oh, brilliant. Uh, any other notes on AWJP before we, uh, we move on to some other stuff? No, no, that's, that's pretty much it for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we should uh, move on to uh, to some Japan, and namely uh, mm. New Japan. Um, New Japan had, you know, a very, very important show this week. One of the uh, the biggest matches of the week, uh, particularly well rated on Grapple, and uh, one everyone's been uh, talking about. I am talking about uh, Rocky Romero against Black Tiger from New Japan Strong. <laughs> Hour of television this week. <laughs> the most usually hour of uh, television from New Japan this week, definitely. Yeah. Not not that New Japan Cup final nonsense, JP. That's, nah, this is where the real stars were this week, no? Yeah, we I'd... probably do New Japan Cup first. But... <laughs> we, we really <laughs> should have pretty... There'll be people out there going, oh, actually, no, we want to hear about New Japan. We'll end up talking about a lot about it on the weekend we show because it, it's going to yeah. come up and it is going to be increasing yeah. more, more importance, especially mm. as Gaijin end up coming in. But no, you have to... Speak about the sort of big gaijin of the moment. Um, and he is bigger. Ricky Reyes. <laughs> I was going to say Zack Sabre Jr., but no, Ricky Reyes. Oh, Havana Pitbull. All right, fine. We'll, we'll come to Ricky Reyes after this. Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, forever, mate. He won the New Japan Cup, discuss. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I... Him and I had a match that my, that my eyes would tell me was a four star plus match, but I don't know. It happened in there. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't care. Sorry. <laughs> he was there for star power, wasn't it? And they didn't want to beat like a card. So they just had him in there. In fact, I actually thought they'd done a, a kind of an interesting storyline and the, the stuff with Naito winning only by roll-ups, not with Destinos. It made him seem a bit more clever and canny, particularly as his body breaks down. I kind of like the idea of it, of those kind of flash pins, but he meets his match in, in Zach, who's basically at this point, 
I thought this at the uh, when he did the interview in Japanese. I thought, all oh, right, they're going to do something with him because effectively he's been spinning his heels in the tag division, which doesn't mean anything anyway for a long time. But he's gotten bigger, which is important for them. And he has gotten bigger. I mean, he's not like jacked, but if he's definitely got like a a bigger frame, and Kevin Kelly would point it out on commentary. And I think he's you know in terms of the match he had with Shingo, which again. For all of the the matches I saw of the semi-finals and final, I was kind of around four stars pretty much across the board. Really, I thought him and Shingo, it, it was it was very good. Um, it didn't help. I knew the result. I'm going to be frank about that. I mean, yeah, that like, was probably it was, my problem. You know, watching it tonight with a couple of days removed because, mm, yeah, you know, Zach won again. You know, we'll get yeah. a token title shot. We'll move on. Um, I, I say that I shouldn't attract too much too much because there is. You know, Zach does have a way of making most people in this company much more interesting than they have any right to be. Yeah. Because he goes in there and he doesn't work their match, he works his match and yep. he makes them fit into to what he does. Um he is he is still great. He is still probably he's, he's probably my favorite New Japan wrestler at this point. Do you know what we were saying that around the G one? He was like the, the the highlight for large swathes of a cursed G one, if ever if mm. ever there was one here. And him winning this again, like five years since he won that first one. Can you mm. do you remember that? Like, I mean, that's kind of crazy. Like, was that five, how long ago that was? Oh, was like, they they were saying it was like five years. I mean, mm. which is which is wild. And it was like he he you know beaten a, a kind of murderer's row of people in in the build up to him winning this one. I don't expect him to beat Okada. I'm glad they're doing it because it's fresh. But it's also in terms of having sat through lots of Zach in Rev Pro when it didn't always click and you wondered why, because sometimes it'd feel a bit performative and then he'd kind yeah. of move on to the next off. move. Whereas, yeah, whereas now he's at a point where it's the pace he works it in and he's able to kind of work it in when other people are going for moves, which kind of was, I thought was the nice thing about the Naito match was the fact that he was the one who was able to kind of get out of these, um, like kind of flash pin attempts from, from Naito. And I thought, I thought, Thought that was some genuinely good stuff, but he comes across like I'm particularly being able to do Japanese, and he seems settled in Japan, and mm. it feels like there's space for someone to fit into that top level mix. They want a gaijin who's theirs. You don't know how much you know if Osprey at some point is going to end up up in the US, whether it's WWE or AEW. Whereas Zack Saber Junior feels like someone who's going to effectively be living in Japan for a, for quite a while. You know, it, 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 it's a good move all round. They're doing that match, by the way. When is it? They're doing it on Monday, him and Okada. Zach and Okada is, Zach and Okada is on Monday. Hyper battle. Oh, yeah. It's at the hyper battle show, isn't it? What else is on that? Um, oh, so oh. the Death show, isn't it, is on there. And um, Evil Hiromu, I think, is one of the other matches. Evil Hiromu yeah. for the Never Title. I want to Yano say Yano Taichi is on there uh, against Yano. Despichon goes through against the uh, Coburn Okan. Wato mm. and Taguchi versus El Fantasma and Taiji Shimori. Yeah, um, there you go. Zach loses. Move on. <laughs> That's what it feels like it'll be like, and it's whether or not they do anything big with him at the G One. Because obviously he's the guy. As Andy says there, back to tags. That's it. That's where that's going. Come on. 
Yeah, I, but they need someone fresh consistently around that main event mix, particularly someone who can have good matches, who isn't yeah. broken down yet because his style doesn't demand him to take lots of kind of big bumps. Like, mm. they kind of really need him at this point yeah. in time. And he fills that Kenny gap of Gaijin who can speak Japanese. Like, <laughs> so it, it, it yeah. works. Yeah, his promo was quite, uh, yeah, the fact quite shocking how good his Japanese was and the crowd seemed very much into him. You can tell yeah. that the wrestlers get that extra level of respect, don't they, from the uh, from the Japanese audience when they put that bit of effort in. Yeah, exactly. And he's made that. Effort. I mean, even the backstage promo and stuff, all the stuff he's been talking about, George Michael, which oh, is yeah. just like wild as fuck. Yeah, and it's it, it's it, it's honestly kind of like wacky with all the kind of niche English references for all of his moves, but I'm particularly orienteering with Napalm, Death, and the like. There she is. Appearing on camera, she's just not staying off. If she is, she Benno, this is the cat. Talk about way. your cat, by the way. <laughs> yeah, she's all right, she wants to eat nothing. Anywho, go on. <laughs> but as, as matches, I like kind of went what I, I went four stars on Zach and Shingo, I went four stars. I liked the final on that. Carter Naito was good, but how many times have I seen that combination? But it was like, I, I ended up going like 3.75. But mm. what I'll remember of, of this New Japan Cup is that I watched some of the more New Japan Cup than I probably expected. And it was probably the fact that it was this, you know, tournament structure for it meant it broke up standard New Japan booking for a while and that felt like it was fresh, even if the people involved weren't fresh. There were those slightly different combinations, mm-hmm. you know. In particular, the um, uh, you know, putting Hiromu. I hope this is, you know, love to see him beat Evil for that never open weight title, just because it puts him into that. Hopefully, into that um, heavyweight mix. Because again, and I've banged on about it for the last couple of shows. It needs people liking their name. It just needs that kind of fresh blood, as the whole place does. Because as I pointed out last week, so much of the company is stale, which is why Zach winning at least is someone different. Yeah, very true. Uh, it's answer Sarah, the cat's name is Teddy. Um, she is currently uh, soaking up some screen time. Um- <laughs> hey, we can all have it. I've had my sons. Lance has had his little lad running around the place. It's all good. <laughs> and she was busy this weekend keeping poor Matty awake. Yeah, um, but yeah, New Japan. There you go. They're not going to be bringing anyone interesting anytime soon. Either way, by the way, no one are bringing in bloody. Who did I see they were bringing in this week? Simon Gotch is getting yeah a no run before filthy Tom Paul turns up in New Japan proper. That is a travesty, John Paul and Slex <laughs> from MCW, as you well know, who's who's a very good professional wrestler was going to be going out there with Ring of Honor. Is you know kind of guy I imagine will will actually fit in quite well because his fundamentals are quite good. I hope it works out for him. He's not 50 years old and an asshole though. That's the that's his major failing that I think is I, I think that will hold him back. I enjoyed that graph that uh Jamesy tweeted that to, I was a James I think he quoted somebody. Yeah. But it was like what is it like can politic and can draw and like Nakajima can, can draw but he can't politic. Kano can't do either. Muto can politic and can draw. Um yeah, and Fujita can politic but can't draw. Can't draw. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. the quandary Noah finds itself in, mate. So uh, it was too true that. 
But it is more the sign that hopefully people are coming over. I wonder if this weekend we'll get some announcements at the New Japan show in, in Dallas because, like, I think at some point, even if just to bring in, God, Clark Connors and the junior division. Mm. Fucking give anything for that type of stuff, wouldn't it? Like... They seem and to be French- pushing like a new foreign talent coming in, yeah, which seems like it might be Akira, Francesco Akira. I assume That'd be they, good. Watched, they must have watched the York All show. <laughs> like they must have went, Oh well, that's fucking good. <laughs> Let's get him in. Uh, that's someone that leaving the all Japan dojo mm. to go to New Japan. That's mm. a like that tells you that not everything is rosy in the all Japan garden, if if that's mm. the case. But it feels like, you know, he's the one who's going to be coming in. And yeah, you were there for that. That was great match translated to VOD him and him and Gabriel kids. So mm-hmm. like what a it'd be a cracking pickup for them. Yeah. I'd like to see Gabriel Kid back when he can uh, you know sort himself out um at some point. That'll be good too. Yeah. But yeah, if that's yeah. what's happened, then cool, you know. Maybe there's a route there from Rev Pro to, to New Japan mm-hmm. uh, after all. But um I suppose Aussie Open have uh, have already proven that. But yeah, um on New Japan, before we uh, move on to uh, to anyone else, I'll go on. I'll, I'll throw it in, JP. My uh, New Japan strong review from this week. Did you watch it, mate? After we uh, we built it up on the uh, I on the I show? didn't see it. Like I say, I've been I'm the New paint- Japan strong guy now. It's me. You are, aren't you? I I was painting yeah, all proud. weekend. So like outside of like the bits I needed to watch for this show and uh, Republic of Ireland versus Belgium, I didn't really see a whole lot. I honestly, it was a it was a good hour. Like I don't I don't mm. love the way. They have uh, Kozlov and Riccoboni in like the world's deadest studio. Like, oh, yeah. the that would work if there was some music behind it or some crowd noise or something. It just feels very empty arena. That stuff and Kozlov still sucks. Um, but Riccoboni getting some work is uh, is nice to see. You know, considering uh, you know Ringo on has been on a hiatus for a while. He's uh, a great man to to fill in for uh, for Kevin Kelly. But yeah, it was just a fun three match hour of a show. To be honest, like Daniel Garcia, you Yamoros, right up. Your Street JP. I'll mention a bit about that in a bit. And Ooh. the main event of uh, Team Filthy against uh, Clark Connors, uh, Agent Press, plus uh, Taylor Russ and the DKC was a was a bit wild and a bit all over the place, and maybe not as much for me. But the draw on this one, JP, for me was uh, was getting to see in the middle of the car <laughs> Rocky Romero against the mysterious Black Tiger, which yeah, on air on the uh, on the weekend show, I find out through you. Um, and it's not quite been uh, revealed on TV yet. It's actually one Ricky Reyes of, uh, I say Havana Fifth Pitbulls fame. I think it's of the even of our chat. I think it's only me and Alan Farrell who are uh, who are big Havana Pitbulls guys. But uh, yeah, the uh, the former tag team explodes here, mate. And yeah, Reyes looks like he's uh, you know like like a lot of us these last couple of years put a couple of pounds on. But yeah, you know as a, as Rivera's opponent in this, I really enjoyed it. Like it was, I mean, I'm I'm gonna, but. Like I've seen um, you know Hamilton's review of it. I was reading it today on the yeah. um, but I think it was on four one one. I think he, he gave the match three stars, which made me temper my review of like I'll probably give it three and a half. I thought Rocky was incredible, like as a baby face. Like he was like, I don't know what it was that like, this crowd are really into him because they're seeing him all the time and everyone knows he's like the new Japan US guy, but some of the near falls and some of the fight backs and some of the uh, the rallying cries he had. Here fighting back against this mysterious black tiger, um, it was fantastic. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And if the booking it wasn't a bit odd, they had um, Rocky lost cleaners a sheet to this mysterious black tiger, but then after the match, put him in a I think it was an armbar and so is the and submitted them. 
like which feels like not a great way to get over you know your your, your mysterious monster uh, mass man to make uh, Rocky look very much as a uh, superior in the in the post match. Uh, that wasn't great, but match itself was a lot of fun. Like I say, Rocky seemed motivated. It's it's a nod choice for him to be honest to bring Ricky Reyes and even. Retro ROH fan myself. I'm not sure if I yeah. could justify Ricky Reyes getting a payday in in New Japan um, in 2022. But he obviously felt like he uh, he owed them a favor, and yeah, they had, they had the chemistry you probably expect. A lot of uh, hard shots in there, a lot of uh, fun offense from uh, from Reyes as uh, as Black Tiger. He was like a bit of a step behind Rocky, but he was actually fine as a as a big bad. And like I say, Rocky was all timer for Rocky Romero performance here. He was he was well up for it, and uh, the crowd were too. Sounds like a really fun TV match. It was. And that's, that's probably the definition of it, yeah. Yeah, like a really fun TV, which is what New Japan Strong really is. It's why I kind of think it still should be the show they put on Access if they were mm. doing it. And I get the reasons for why they put the, the sort of Japanese um, wrestlers on the show. But it's also the sense of it fits into the bigger storyline because I think isn't Black Tiger associated with the Team Filthy in some way? Mm, yeah, so it fits in with the Tom Lawler fucking with Rocky Romero type deal that they is a kind of constant thing that they they're going to bring back his old tag team partner to kind of fuck with his head. Did, did you know it was Reyes? Because you've seen spoilers. Is, is there like a spoiler where he'll make I... something on a future show? No, I, I don't think, think I just read it on Cage Match, if I'm going to be honest. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I don't know if I, I'd love to know if I'd have watched it, not knowing whether I'd have called it. I mean, body type wise, maybe I would have worked it out eventually or hoped um, it was really him. But yeah, like I say, there was some, some great near falls in here, like the Rockies kind of stand and slice bread. And like I say, the fire from him was a. Uh, was a, it was a lot of fun. It was good. It's worth watching. JP, I think it's an it's an hour of TV that was right up your street because of like yeah. that was that was fun. Like I said, Garcia Yuyamora was just a really nice kind of back to basics short match. It didn't. I don't think it went longer than uh, than ten minutes, but you know it was kind of nothing does. Yeah, it was you know as you, it was the match you'd expect. It. You say Yuyamora's in there with Daniel Garcia. What are they going to do? They're going to go in there. They're going to roll. They're going to hit a, a couple of hard strikes and. You know, you're going to have a big submission finish, a couple of fun suplexes in there, a couple of guys who just kind of, you know, that they they are this New Japan strong style. Like, that, that is them all over. It was, uh, and, you know, I've said it before when I watch these shows, Yu Yamura, uh, among uh, some of the other younger uh, New mm. Japan lads, is definitely over with this crowd. You can tell this is a crowd that are now familiar. He's got the look, hasn't he? He's got the yeah. basically the American look. Definitely, yeah. And these American fans who are going to these strong takings are starting to catch on to, you know, who he is and who some of these other young guys are. And yeah, they're definitely, definitely getting over. Um, so that was another three star plus match. And yeah, the main event, I didn't really understand what was going on. It was like a multi man elimination match where you it was kind of Survivor Series rule. Oh, it's over the top rope as well. Is that right? The they yeah, do that, that in Japan all the time. That. It's a I was trope. gonna say yeah. every now and then in a, you'll just be watching a random show and all of a sudden no carders like battling to not be thrown over the top rope and you're like, what the fuck going on here in this match? It was one of those, one of those um, It protects them, doesn't it? Weird. I don't I never really enjoy them though. They're just weird. <laughs> like, they're just weird to watch because especially on an hour TV show, because you've got to get through so many falls in one match. It was just fall, 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 fall. Oh, someone's gone over the top rope. Oh, we've got another elimination. Oh, it was it was kind of like that. It, nothing really had much time to, to breathe in the 15 minutes or so uh, they went in, uh, in this one. But yeah, you know, it was a 
fun little match. Um, is Tom Lawler great as ever, though? Of course, he's incredible. Like leading this group, like he is Mate. brilliant. What what do they call the other three? They've got a name, haven't they? Uh, Rossa, Rustin, DKC, or is it Quest who's in like that weird group? Um, oh. I don't know. They got, got weird stables going on in a uh, in the that stray dog army is one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. But like, yeah, I mean, there's like a, a weird kind of makeup yeah. as well. They got like a stable within a stable there as well, which is kind of strange too. But Lawler is the lead that is great. You know, uh, I, I do sometimes watch these and think, oh, was she maybe lean more into the serious side than the, than some of the comedy? But he's just one of the people who can't help but be funny and can't help but be like that. Yeah buffoon leader of uh, this little stable, but he's very entertaining, and that's the reason, you know, New Japan Strong is essentially the Filthy Tom Lawler show, which every time we tune in, JP just has me asking the question, when the fuck can, is this man getting to New Japan proper? Like, yeah. does he just not want to leave the US? Like, what? I mean, obviously there's the uh, there's been the issue the last couple of years, but I'd hope he'd be the first on a plane when they uh, can eventually, you know, sort out uh, visas. Dickinson? And, uh, same flights as uh, yeah, Dickinson would be a good one um, to bring over on those uh, same there's, flights as Osprey and Rocky. There's people who fit that style. Plus, also we're talking about those people who've signed with AEW who've got it in their deals as well that they want to work some New Japan. Mm-hmm. Like there'll be your Danielsons of the world mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's when it gets really interesting. Is is this G1 going to be a proper G1? Are they going to bring in a couple of people? I mean, that's obviously a lot of this stuff is in the lap of the gods, but by God, does New Japan proper need it? If Mm. only for the undercards to kind of feel like it, because Mm. I didn't mention it in New Japan Cup. I mean, I watched Stronghearts in there and they were a breath of fresh air in Mm. the the, the semi-main before the the Zack Naito final. So They are something new. Got to to give them that. and And Tom Lawler can work that style. Like, that's the beauty of him as well. And they like that MMA credibility that he brings along to the table. Plus, then he's got the character act. The jorts will be something that will always divide people, but I myself have, have grown very used to him doing that. I don't know. Who's he up against this weekend? Like, Lola. Is that Lola, yeah. Not this weekend, but the building towards him and Connor, aren't they? Um, Clark Connors. Yeah, Clark Connors. That's Who should be in the juniors the whenever they get him over as well, because he's a great worker. Hmm. Yeah, and he did a good. To be honest, did a good job of teasing these two, kind of having little moments in ring together, and to eventually, you know, set up um, that match between the two. So yeah, he, he could absolutely work as well. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I just want to. Yeah, I wanna, at this point, it's just it needs to happen sooner rather than uh, than later for for Tom Lawler and uh, some kind of proper Japan run because he's got he's got everything that crowd are, uh, are gonna love um he's absolutely gonna get over um I'm just looking at the uh, the Lone Star Suicide card no I think um Lawler's in a in a six man with Isaacs and uh Kratos against Alex Coughlin DKC and Fred Rossa uh Ishii Dickinson's the uh the main match there Jay White's b-ball Mike Bailey in his 13th match of the weekend I'm guessing Minoru Suzuki versus Killer Cross maybe that's a little bit less interesting than, uh, uh, than, uh, than it seemed to be going in um, but still yeah, I knew uh, he was appearing on there when I was picking up the cards like getting ready for the for the preview show and I was like oh Christ it's a nice yeah. time that one though Friday night 11pm or oh, I think it might be mid- actually six mm. hour difference with Texas so midnight it is so you know put it on in, uh, in between watching uh, what for the culture the ROH show um, I might make you a little bit of time for that but yeah, it was a it was a fun time. It it always looks like a fun time, and like I say, I think you know, long may it continue. Mm. But what have you been watching while I've been watching Strong DP? Well, um, so I watched day one 
of stardom. Um, this was, they had a two day world climax show, uh, a sumo hall, which they outdrew new Japan on both days, which from wow. a business perspective is something to, to pay attention to. Cause it shows that there's like a real connection. Number three, biggest drawing show. And then the other blind spot for, well, certainly for both of us, dragon gate. Um, but this show, it kind of followed the pattern of, and this is only the day one. I haven't seen the day two yet, um, but I imagine it sort of follows a similar pattern, really, which is the undercard, like the first kind of two, three matches, tends to be the younger wrestlers. It's very much kind of a proving ground. Um, it's, it's you know, generally not hitting anything around two and a half, three-star kind of status. And then, like the first match I watched, and it was Micah and Thekla versus Riza Serra and Susie Suzuki, who are all from Ice Ribbon, basically, and it plays into the whole stable war um, uh, stuff with um, Donna Del Mundo, which I know, Benno, I'm losing you already as soon as I start to go into it. But it was like, if you remember the match from the Dome, like when there's a tag match in stardom, it tends to be really fast-paced, doesn't fuck about, doesn't take too long. These things don't tend to be bloated 25-minute, 30 long 30 minute long epics they're like kind of 15 minutes and they're good um i then watched the uh mama watanabe and starlight kid from wedo tai i think they're called black desire they look like they're going to get a long run with the tag belts that's the goddess of stardom championship as they won because you know they're very very high in starlight kid she had a match with Kyrie on day two which is the next part of it really and i think this is the reason for the you know uptick in um ticket sales Kyrie's back and she's pretty much on form. And, you know, she was teaming up with Maya Iwatani, who's like, you know, one of the stardom originals and kind mm. of like the person up against Tam Nakano and, and Nagi Saika. And it was, as you would expect, it was like a, a, a very good tag. She fitted in. Um, like, you know, she's probably not up to pace at the moment as much as anything else. It showed her working on MMA in the, pro, in the promo video beforehand. And, debuting a couple of new moves and we call the crack and lock and the cutlass which is like a back fist that apparently she asked kabashi for permission or she had a picture there but it was all in japanese i didn't understand it i would recommend you go to um see on uh karen peterson's report on post wrestling because they're always brilliant they're like a mini stardom newsletter basically um so that match was really good and then in the main event, it was Shuri, first big title defence against Julia. It's kind of teasing that they're kind of splitting up for good. And they had uh, a war, um, basically. I went uh, four stars on this. I thought it was very good. I thought, you know, it, there was a, a pile driver to the table from Julia. There was lots of kind of big sort of strike exchanges. They they mesh very well. They tag together for a whole period of time. I honestly, to God, thought it was um, really, really good. Um, like I like I say, I went four stars on it. Um, I haven't seen Saya Kamatani versus Itami Hayashishita, which I know Saya Kamatani went over there. I mean, Itami is going to be around the kind of World of Stardom Championship level. If you want to think of it as like kind of like the wonder of stardom is the IC title, basically for all intents and purposes. So really I thought as a show, 
it was it was very good. And every time I watched these stardom shows, I mean, I wasn't like kind of blown away. There wasn't anything that I thought was in that this is incredible. It's going to be a match of the year list. But mm. that might be coming towards the end of the year when they probably build to the rematch because this stuff with Shuri and Julia is like the first <laughs> match in there. There's going to be lots of various other stuff that Julia's going to be doing. So I wasn't surprised when she she didn't win the title. But yeah, mm. like. It looked- it looks like I'm just seeing the comments from Connor in the chat there. The second day has got maybe the, the better matches. Uh, yeah. Outdrew it as well. Four star average. Yeah. Um, you said that. Sh- saying that Shuri and Julia has got a 4.13 average um, from that mm. uh, from that day one um, on the app. Uh, Kamatami uh, Hayatashita has got a just under four uh, average on the app as well. So, you know, you're not talking five star matches, are you? But you're talking in, the, uh, in that four star range. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you're getting a card that's delivering that, mm. as we've seen, even when doing WrestleMania 17, where I didn't go above four and a half on anything, obviously it's, it's a bit wild comparing this, this to WrestleMania 17. It's just like a <laughs> steady level. Yeah. <laughs> there really wasn't anything like Shane versus Vince in this or any Linda McMahon <laughs> being heavily sedated kind of stuff, which is kind of brilliant. And it was very much the role she was born to play. Um, <laughs> This is is the kind of stuff where I think you know what you're getting from a Mm. stardom card in terms of its structure and the match quality and what you're going to be getting. And everyone meshes really well. And this is without bringing in any like kind of big name gaijin as well themselves. But of all the companies in Japan outside of Dragon Gate, which again is a, is a blind spot. Everyone else needs the gaijins. They need those outsiders to be coming in. Stardom doesn't feel like a place that actually needs them. It's very hard to think who they would need to bring in outside of bringing back people like if Io Shirai, for whatever reason, wanted to move back to Japan, then it'd be a natural landing spot for her. Mm. But God knows what she's up to. I mean, I'm, I'm sure she's on the, the NXT show, but, you know, mm. completely wasted. And Kairi Hojo clearly means something. Mm. Kairi, I should say. What's her, because um, I know you're going to be doing... Um some more stardom stuff with uh, with Karen Peterson, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, going forward, but like for for an outsider, like for people aren't watching, like you know, for example, me, like what are what are the crowds like on these shows? Is it like is it because that's the thing that takes me out of New Japan right now and took me out of nowhere? I can't stand the clap crowd. Does it affect stardom less than it does those promotions? What's the? It sounds like these places are packed, so you do get a well, bit of. An they're appetite. not. Well, they're not packed in the sense this is Sumo Hall, so there's. A, right. I think there's a limit. There's a limit on the crowds. But at the same time, it's not like it's a more energized clap crowd, if you can think of such a thing. They're like a very heavily invested clap crowd. So they're going along with everything. So it's a promote. You can tell the difference between this and the New Japan. So whenever evil appears, so Mm. I saw the evil Hiromu angle, like it just dies a death. Like it's silence. No one's making any kind of noises. You don't really get that here. You get Mm. like a sense that, everyone is kind of over and they would be cheering a lot more if they could. Um, Mm. And I, you know, it's one of these things as they start to enter more into the kind of popular culture as well at the same time, because as I spoke about with Karen, they're doing like lots of, because Bushy Road is effectively like an advertising company in and of itself. They've done, made a big effort of trying to get them into sort of mainstream advertising, whether it be for beauty products or anything along those lines as well. So it, it, it's it's definitely like a definitely a place to watch. Mm. 
There you go. And yeah, I know a lot of people were uh, were big fans of uh, what you did with Karen. So yeah, hopefully we can uh, yeah. get you uh, together again and do a bit of Connor, a catch up on, on this tour. Connor mentions a really important point you mentioned about the clap crowds. You always have the rest of the faction members and they're not getting involved in the way they were doing like a Dragon Gate, where which was always a thing that took me out, like the constant interference. Mm-hmm. They'd be banging the mat. And that's the kind of stuff that gets the the claps going and the rest of it, because there's always seconds there, because everyone's in a stable of some sort. So because that's the case, you've got those seconds there. They help generate the atmosphere. So that's a really great point from from Connor there in the chat. Mm, And English commentary from Stuart Fulton as well. Yeah, Uh, yeah, on on the pay-per-view version. Fantastic. Best English language commentary uh, you could get. He is. (laughs) <laughs> he was there with actually Sonny uh, I would say Sonny Gutierrez is the mm. other English language commentator I didn't hear the English language commentary which tells you all, <laughs> tells you the story of where I watched it <laughs> legally via Stardom obviously um, yeah uh, <laughs> it's not on there yet mate <laughs> oh shit yeah. <laughs> so, it's like a week because it's pay-per-view stuff all. it's like when we were watching uh, WrestleMania X7 and me and Matty went to, went to turn it on and the, uh, the the show started weirdly during the semi-main event and it was a bit like hang on what's going on oh yeah there's someone else logged into the network who can't see it who might be further along in the pay-per-view than we are <laughs> I think that that was that was definitely me because yeah if I can get away with <laughs> it that <laughs> no, definitely wasn't Gareth. I think he was at Workington game at the time, so that makes it kind of even funnier. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, there you go, Stardom. Anything else on that, JP? Or is there anything no, else you've, you've been watching this week? Nothing Stop. else that I've been watching this week. It's shocking, isn't it? It feels like we've gone very, very short, have we? I don't want to jinx it, but we said before the show, we want to, uh, obviously, we're doing a podcast today this week, so once to uh-huh. keep it to, to two hours, <laughs> we're coming in under two, mate. Here, mate. We've We've, I think it's not saying it at the start, going, oh, we're going to be under two hours, and no. then we go three. Nice and staffy, mate. Yeah, there you go. Makes a change for us. As you know, I have said that a lot in <laughs> chats before we go How many live. flashbacks you've gone? Oh, we'll go with our tops, the film club. Our tops, lads. Our tops. <laughs> I reckon this is only an hour, this. Bullshit. <laughs> we're not even on to, like, talking about Jim Helwig using a sword in firepower by the time it's gone a fucking hour and a half or whatever. So yeah, this is incredible. I mean, it's really the calm before the storm is what yeah. people, I suppose, uh, would would need to really we'll appreciate. Be back tomorrow with probably tomorrow. three hour podcast um, that will be on the free feed for uh, everybody as uh, as a big uh, big weekend preview. Um, yeah, as uh, Sean says, there we will be running through the uh, the big ROH. Oh format. yeah. Um, which I'm excited to do live on uh, on YouTube tomorrow. I've got plenty to to say about that show, but yeah, I mean, say if you want a longer version, you know, Patreon.com/slash/grapple. You know, we spent half an hour, yeah, forty five minutes, I think, before we pressed record, going on about well, uh, that wedding, my trip, my trip to an Everton wedding, and uh, and we we did we did as is uh, you know, customary, did a bit on uh, on Chris Auntie and, June. Uh, <laughs> we talked about Auntie June, yeah, um, but yeah, AW Any correspondent Auntie June <laughs> and Uncle David. Uncle Dave, all sorry. Yeah, they'll, uh, they, they, they might be uh, coming to uh, patreon.com slash grapple soon. But yeah, I don't know, JP, any further thoughts on Chris Rock, uh, Will Smith, you know, the world's talking about it, past uh, yeah. the creature? I don't think there's anything I can add to that conversation that's going to bring <laughs> it along any any further. It's feel, I feel like I've got nothing to add. <laughs> 
Oh, there you go. Yeah. You want that? You want more? Patreon.com slash grapple for it. But yeah, as we said at the, uh, the top of the show, it is going to be a busy, busy week yes. for us. Like I say, weekend show is going to be uh, live tomorrow um, on YouTube at 8 p.m. Wednesday night, uh, going through every card uh, happening, WrestleMania weekend uh, this coming up. And yes, we will be going to uh, to some more than, uh, than others, I expect, on that. Thursday, we'll have a Dynamite uh, review, fresh, and uh, coming up Wednesday night, because I think by the time it gets to the spotlight, there'll have been 500 more shows that have happened in the meantime, so I don't think we're uh, going to quite have the time for uh, for Spotlight next week, for that on Spotlight next week. But yeah, uh, Friday, we'll be uh, reviewing the Bloodsport and Janela from the night before. Saturday, reviewing ROH and the Impact and New Japan and whatever else we managed to watch from the Friday night. Sunday morning, you get Matty Edwards' uh, immediate thoughts uh, coming out of the Saturday night WrestleMania. Sunday night, you can catch us live in Leeds um, doing, a, doing a live podcast. Come and watch WrestleMania along with us. And then, yeah, Monday morning, there'll be a, a WrestleMania uh, night two review dropping into people's feeds as well. So all of the podcasts. And then if that's not not enough, Spotlight next week, we'll uh, we'll recap it all and talk. Our, uh, It'll be later our in the week, probably that one, one won't it? I expect so. I'm not promising Monday or Tuesday for that one, but yeah. it will be uh, at some point in the week next week. There will be a Spotlight to, uh, to recap it all. But yeah, you want our immediate thoughts? No better time. Patreon.com slash grapple. Sorry. I feel like this has just been one big advertisement this show, but you know. it really feels that way. Isn't <laughs> WrestleMania it? season. <laughs> we're we're, we're starting start to plug tomorrow, Patreon but... shows from people who aren't aware that they're going to be appearing on a podcast yet. Like your aunt. <laughs> <laughs> your there cousin. might be some other people like that too. Uh, coming up. But yeah, you can check all that out. Anything from you, JP? Anything you want to mention? Grapple.com slash support. Download. Yes. You can this week. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I would say, yeah grapplelap.com forward slash support. Buy the t-shirts as well from, uh, is it grapple.bigcartel.com in, in there. There you go. Yeah, there we are. I think that's, 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 that's everything. It's remarkable. I feel like I've got very little else to say. Grapple mania indeed. It is, it is grapple, grapple mania, mania season. <laughs> grapple mania is coming. So yeah, plenty more from us uh, coming this week, but that's it for us. For Under Spotlight, we'll catch you tomorrow, 8pm YouTube. Be there. See you around. Bye. See you in Leeds. Dirty Leeds. <laughs> <laughs>